Fables Around the Table Continuum is a tense horror tale set in space. Our story features adult language and includes subjects and themes that may be upsetting for some audiences. This includes mental health, trauma, loss of autonomy, gun violence, self-harm, and suicide, descriptions of blood and gore, and death. Listen at your own discretion. is one we are very excited to finally have on our Stark Talks lecture series stage. He is making waves in the fields of communication, space travel, artificial intelligence, and more as a self-proclaimed innovator, technologist, and disruptor on the bleeding edge of human advancement. He is the CEO and founder of Faraday Technologies, board member and spokesperson of Adonis Galactic, newly acquired owner of Ether, and wealthiest man alive. Here to talk about ingenuity, innovation, and his own personal path to success, please join me in welcoming Orson Grouse. Seabolt, you have a great seat. Your center, only about three rows back. You're at basically a TED Talk by your idol, Orson Grouse. Yeah, let's go, Grouse. You see this individual, middle-aged white guy, like a little bit of blonde scruff on his face, his hair pulled back into kind of like a man bun, dressed casually, jeans and v-neck white t-shirt. He just comes out smiling and waving. Sign me the fuck up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! He waits for the crowd to die down. Hello. Thank you for that lovely introduction. It was very helpful for the two people in here who have no idea who I am. I'm sure they're eager to get back to the rock they're living under. <laughs> oh, ingenuity. You know, as someone who's acquired a flattering reputation for being an ingenuous, industry-changing innovator, I often get asked how I would define that word. The dictionary tells us it's the quality of being clever, original, and inventive. <coughs> Ineffective, if perhaps arguous definition, in my opinion. If for me personally, I like to think of ingenuity as simply the ability to figure out how best to get what you want. Mmm, mmm, yeah. Cavemen no longer wanted to eat their Brinosaurus steaks raw, so boom, they invented fire. Simple as that, ingenuity. You know, fire, as it turns out, is a perfect example. Warmth, light, protection, destruction. Fire was the answer to problems the lumbering proto-humans of the time didn't even know they had yet. By inventing fire, the Neanderthal was the first to take the next step toward becoming human. Just as significant a point as when his ancestor first hasted his knuckles off the ground. Those single disruptive acts are infraction points that'll go on to forever alter the evolutionary course of human history. 
It's those developments that disrupt the entire status quo and rebuild it anew. Mm-hmm. And at each of those points was a person that brought it to pass. That's what ingenuity truly is. To lead the entire species into the future. One step at a time, irregardless of what it might bring. Because our entire society is built on the backs of the innovative trailblazers among us. And there's no problem they can't overcome. Like fire forever altered the trajectory of our Mesozoic ancestors, so too is there an innovation that'll shape the next leg of our future of humanity. Whether it's gene splicing, artificial intelligence, bio-cybernetics, quantum computing, or faster-than-light travel, it'll be our innovators of today like myself that are the ones that'll clear the path. So be the first to walk upright on two feet. Be the first to spark fire. Be the first to see Ether's truest potential in the calm and the infi and the AI landscape and seize control to see that they reach it. <laughs> Wait, I already did that one. <laughs> uh, who knows? The next great innovator might just be here in this very audience. It's more likely than you might think. You know, yeah, Seabold is eating this fucking speech <laughs> up. He is just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is most of the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when you kind of notice the person sitting in front of you kind of bends down in their chair and seems to be fiddling with a backpack. Uh, Seabold is going to, while trying to keep an eye on stage, like lean a little bit forward and see if he can notice anything. Yeah. As Rouse continues to talk, you look, kind of look forward and see over this person's shoulder that they're pulling what looks like a small device that y- you're an engineering student. Mm-hmm. This looks like a paint bomb. Um, is this because Grouse is a particularly like uh, unliked character? Grouse definitely has critics that are very vocal. Okay. I think Seapold's not really going to think about it and just, I hope you're not going to do what you, what I think you're going to do with that. Um, they don't respond to you. Um, okay. Are they, are they like still in the process of getting it out? Right now they're just kind of like bent forward a little bit, looking up at the stage, but they have their hand down on the device in the backpack. Uh, I'm going to like tap their shoulder. Hey, jackass, I hope you're not doing what I think you're going to do with that. Fuck off. No, you fuck off. I'm not going to let you interrupt this, and I'm actually going to try to, like, grapple them. Sure. Sure. Uh, go ahead and make me a combat check. Okay. Um, oh, nice. I rolled a five. Ooh, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lurch forward and grab their arm and pull it backwards, and the guy immediately stands, but you have a good grip, and you're kind of, like, forced to stand out, and, like, the crowd gasps, and, like, people scoot their chairs back away from you, and people stand, and Grouse, like, stops talking and, like, takes a couple steps back from the stage. The guy is gonna drop the device from the hand you're holding into his offhand and try to throw it at Grouse. (laughs) I'm gonna try to say, like, duck, sir, and try to also grab the other hand. (laughs) Sure. Make another combat check for me. Uh, this one, not as good. This one's a 59. Uh, 59, what's your stat? My combat is at 36. Okay, so that one fails. So you, you don't quite grab his arm in time, and he throws the device, which falls a little short, landing at Grouse's feet, 
and explodes with red paint that splatters his shoes and pants. Some of it kind of splatters up his white t-shirt kind of across his cheek. Get me out of here now! Yes, guy, 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 guy! And he immediately runs off stage. And the guy just shouts, Seize back the sky! Seize back the sky! As he's tackled by security. And you, just by the nature of being here, accidentally get shoved back, fall backwards, and hit your head. Good morning, crew. It is 0521 Earth Standard Time on June 27th, 2133, at a solar orbit of 9.10577 AU units in an automated approach to Enceladus Outpost 42. Your wake-up song is Time and Distance by Northern Weather 2022. God, you really like Northern Weather. Yeah, this station loves Northern yeah, Weather. Yeah, what's up with Ava? <laughs> Seabolt. You are waking up from stasis, disoriented. Last thing you remember, you were at that seminar. But immediately, you hear, Memory desync detected. Downlink complete. And you're fine. You are back on the ship. You are waking up from stasis. And alarms are going off. You guys all wake up. Something's wrong. Attention, there are several critical alerts. Grab my gun. I think Jack also grabs his gun. Um, Seabold, ch- uh, go, go check and see what's going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the logs, see if I can get something. Uh, yeah, you hail Ava. Critical alerts. Reactor overload imminent. Intermediate hull breach detected on deck eight. Current vector is fourteen point eight three zero three one degrees off course. Detecting multiple solid objects within critical vicinity. Collision course detected. And you see there's a diagram. You were heading to Enceladus, a moon of Saturn, to pick up cargo. And it looks like whatever error has set you off course into the ring of Saturn, where you are in imminent danger of crashing into giant chunks of ice. Delphine, get us back off track, please. Uh, Seabolt, can you can you please try and deal with the reactor? Yeah, no, I'm already on it, Jack. Everybody else, Pat, get your, uh, get your patching clothes on. We're going to go patch some holes. I think Cameron would make sense to probably put on his like stuff and go run to like the medical area to make sure uh it's ready if someone gets hurt yeah that's pretty trivial for you to do uh there is not gravity right now well actually the ship would be decelerating currently as it's coming into dock so it's like at like half a g um so you can actually move around pretty easily you get there and start getting your stuff together seabolt mm-hmm. i'm just gonna make my way over to the engine and uh yeah yeah, you descend from the stasis deck down the flights of steps. One, two, three, four, five, six levels all the way down to deck 11, which is the engine room and reactor. Um, and you see the problem immediately because this is a, uh, a fusion reactor. So basically one of the magnetic coils that is containing the reaction in a safe capsule has been knocked off alignment. So it's actually flooding the protective wall of the reactor with heat, energy, and plasma. Oh, great. Something really fucked up here. All right, let's get this fixed. And uh, Seapold will uh, try to get that back into alignment. Yeah, you can make me an intellect check, and you can use mechanical repair or any other skill that you think might apply here. Okay. Um, I will use engineering here, I think, then. Yeah, I, it was a 32 
and uh, I think it was a 68 total to okay. my check. So, Yeah, so you immediately get in there with the proper tool to realign it to stop the outpouring of plasma. It takes you a minute or so, but you can get that under control. Jumping on to the other crises. Uh, <laughs> Delphine, <laughs> you get up to the bridge, and as you get in here, the systems detect you and automatically power on a video projection across a huge microfilament screen. And you, in fact, see chunks of ice everywhere, but a particularly large one dead ahead. Um, Delphine would lunge for the controls as soon as she possibly could. Mm-hmm. Manual override. So you now have control of the ship. Yay! So she's going to attempt to steer this behemoth out of this trajectory. Sounds good. I'll say this is an intellect check because you're relying on your training as a pilot. And you can use uh, piloting. Alrighty, here we go. And 87. <laughs> Fucking yikes. That's fine, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So you jerk hard on the controls and you avoid the larger one, but you did not see a smaller chunk of ice in your periphery. Immediately, warning lights pop up all on that side of the screen. Some damage to the ship has been sustained, but it didn't breach a hull again. Everybody on the ship gets jerked around a second as you guys clearly hit something. Everything okay up there? It sounds like you're just ramming us right into it. Well, you know, it's my goal to just fly directly into the ice. So, doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. And now he just feels awkward and clicks off. <laughs> <laughs> Jack and B, you're going to the hull breach, correct? Mm-hmm. Just on the way there, is there any sort of terminal I can interface with to get any sort of readout, mm-hmm. like, whole breach, air being sucked out of that area? Yeah, there's a terminal on every deck that can give you that information. Atmosphere on the cargo decks is at about 78% and losing about a percent or two a minute. Okay. Like, are we just in clothes right now? Or Yes. Okay. I'm looking at B. We should probably... Take a second and get our spacesuits on just in case. Looks like uh, looks like we're losing atmosphere in those decks. Well, shit. Yeah, you can get it on. The atmosphere on those decks has dropped like another, you know, 5%. Mm-hmm. I'm going to radio down to, well, I guess we, we've got like one all ship communication. Yeah, it's a group chat. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I'll ping the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, just be careful. Uh, all the cargo decks are, are losing atmosphere. Seabolt, um, I know that means you're down there in, in deck 11, so uh, just just stay tight down there. Try to try to get you a uh, one of those suits on if you can find one. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna go check this out. Yeah, it's pretty toasty down here. Thanks for the heads up. Hey Jackie, I got I got the med bay pretty well set up. Is there anything I can do from in here? You know what? Yeah, Cameron, if you wanna grab one of the sealer kits and just sort of be on standby just in case. All right, righto. And then we zip on down. All right, Delphine, go ahead and make another piloting check for me. I got a five. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get it together after coming out of cryo. <laughs> it was your frustration with Seabold. <laughs> so you recover from the impact and then you can pull into a hard roll so that now the plane of the ring is now above you and you push forward on the stick to start pulling the ship up out of the plane of ice debris. And the ship is now safely clear of obstacles. But the cargo decks are still losing atmosphere. Jack and B, you find the breach. I see. It looks like uh, just below the starboard airlock, 
um, impacted with a debris and punched about a softball-sized hole in the hall. Oh, fuck. All right. You do feel the air getting pulled towards it, but it's not explosive. That only happens in the movies. Uh, do we have, like, metal around to patch it? Like, some sort of uh, patching system, like metal and, and welding stuff to... Yeah. The hull breach repair kit comes with large carbon fiber squares. But you want to you wanna help me with one of these here real quick? Absolutely. And then we will go to do the thing. Okay. So whoever wants to take the lead can make the roll, um, but they'll have advantage because they're being assisted by the other. And this is going to be um, a strength or intellect plus uh, mechanical repair if you have it, engineering if you have it. I've got industrial equipment. What about you, B? I've got firearms, military training, and athletics. <laughs> I would allow athletics, but industrial equipment, I think, is the better fit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, you, if you just want to hold that tight here real quick, and I'm going to go ahead and roll it. Cool. So the number to beat is 58. Uh, I rolled a 54 and an 18. Nice. Yeah, I think you let B hold the patch, and then you get the adhesive, Got it. Um, which is basically uh, two parallel tubes. You know, there's a mechanism involved that pushes both chemicals out, and they instantly foam and react. Um, so you just do a loop around the hole, and B places it on, and you move and help push it until the patch sets. Well, perfectly routine. Absolutely nothing to worry about. Except for all of the other things to worry about. <laughs> Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> I'll ping the group chat again. All right, everybody, uh, we got the we got the whole breach repaired. How we uh, how we looking down in the engine room? Oh, uh, we're all clear. And you actually just like here in the background, I've actually had Ava playing some music. It's more northern weather that I was pretending to dislike. You could just go ahead and patch that over the radio as I'm like, oh no, everything's good down here, and I'm just kind of like. Uh, hanging out and whistling along. Seabold is the one that, like, trained Ava on the northern weather, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> guys are standing just inside module 9 having come in through ADC 9 where you redocked the clusterfuck you ascended up into a main central hub you can see large glass walls to either side that look into operating rooms and various experiment rooms there's a dead body floating in the zero G in one of those operating rooms you're standing at an Isaac terminal that is on the lower level of this module before you ascend into the main laboratory area that you know Dr. Schreiber is at. And it's on this Isaac terminal that, through an audio log, you learned that it was Gavin Price that turned off the life support of Cameron's stasis pod. Jack just shakes his head, wipes his hand down his face, 
I hate that son of a bitch. B is just staring at the console with wide eyes right now. I think Jack goes to uh, put a hand on B's shoulder. Jack goes to put a hand on B's shoulder, but like as he turns, she's already rearing back her mechanical fist. Almost as if it's completely automatic. Like she is not in control of her own body. But for this one time, there's not an alien sitting on her face making her do something. And with more tears blooping out into the zero G, her fist starts barreling towards the console. Jack jumps back. He, he knows better than to get in the way of that shit. Sparks fly as your fist impacts the Isaac terminal. She uh, hits it over and over, just out of pure anger. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. As sparks fly out of the machine, as it has a massive dent in it now, exposing wires and circuitry beneath. Hello, how can I be? <laughs> Completely destroyed. I'm going to kill him, no matter what. No, oh, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, we got to do that. That, um, he deserves it real bad. <laughs> Not that he probably didn't deserve it already, but boy, if this didn't just put the nail in his coffin. I mean, from what I've seen, he's definitely a piece of shit, so. You don't know the half of it. Yeah. Well, that being done, might as well, uh, go talk to Dr. Schreiber, I guess, before he blows himself up again. Yeah, you just float up through this chamber, through the opening that slides open for you as you ascend from Deco 90 to Deco 91, the multi-purpose science deck. Now, you recognize the interior of this deck immediately from the security cameras that you were able to view last loop. And with it, like last time, you see Dr. Edsel Schreiber. However, as you ascend, he levels a gun at you. The moment she saw the gun pointed at her, B's hand went to the shotgun, but she has not pulled it. Who are you? What was that commotion? Jack immediately puts his hands up. Oh, hey, hey, sorry, bud. Um, there's a little percussive therapy down there. Don't don't worry about it. It was just uh, it's my companion here. His eyes flick to her, and you can see that his hand is shaking as he grips the pommel of his pistol. You can definitely get the impression he's not used to using a gun. I do not recognize you. You are not from the, the station's crew. Who are you? No, we're, uh, we definitely aren't, but we are friends. Uh, we know who you are, Dr. Schreiber. In fact, this might sound a little weird here, but, um, we're stuck in a time loop. Uh, I, I think you know about it already, although you don't know that anybody else knows about it. He wavers and the gun droops slightly. How do you know about the time loop? I only just discovered it. Yeah, we, uh, we've been through it once or twice. Um, we, uh, oh, wait, now, what did you, what did you say? You said if we, if we saw you again and we wanted you, or if, yeah, if we wanted you to trust us, we needed to tell you the name, uh, Leonard, Leonard Newman. Then we have met. That proves my time loop theory. Lena Newman is my late husband. There's no way you would know to tell me that name if you had not spoken to me previously. Last time we uh, we talked here, which to us was just a couple minutes ago, but of course you don't know that. Why, why am I even telling you this? Moral of the story being, 
uh, you told us that there was some kind of, uh, you were trying to blow up something to, to introduce chaos into the system or something to, to try, try to give us enough energy to get out of this time loop or something or other, but it, uh, it keeps not working because there's something wrong with the, uh, the detonator module that, that lets you chuck the generator into the black hole. Um, we, we found that out last time. We can't disengage it. So, you've just been blowing yourself up every loop for, God, however long we've been doing this. Uh, and it hasn't really done a whole lot. So, hopefully we can see if we can't figure something else out. The gun has been completely lowered now. Um, and you just see his wheels turning as you're talking. And he goes, I was, in fact... I'm working on a possible solution to use the alien artifacts. And he gestures towards the yellow case that is fastened to the workbench behind him to release energy into the system to perhaps cause the station to not be within the event horizon of the black hole on the subsequent loop. Because I believe that is what has happened. We are already within the event horizon of this black hole. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We uh, haven't really been able to escape while we tried. Yes, that does make sense. I believe we are stuck in something called a closed time-like curve. It is the result of curve metric. In layman's terms, under normal circumstances, one is free to move in three spatial directions in only one time dimension. You can move where you want, but no matter what you do, you are always moving forwards in time. Once you cross the event horizon of a black hole, these properties are more or less inverted. No matter what you do, spatially, the only place that exists in your future is the singularity of the black hole but you are now free to move in many time-like directions. So this is causing a time loop. Think of it like we are effectively circling the drain of this black hole. Boy, howdy, do we feel like we've been circling the drain, I'll tell you what. Um. <laughs> Zeeble this whole time has been picking up a piece of paper that was on a table. Holding it and then punching a hole through it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that is a different metaphor to explain a different sci-fi bullshit. Nope. <laughs> Basically this. We're the hole. <laughs> you said circling the drain. Does that indicate that the black hole will consume us ultimately? Eventually, yes. So time is now more than likely moving at a different rate in this frame of reference than it is outside the event horizon. Yeah, I tell you what, it's been real hard to, to keep track of time. I Frankly, I don't even know how many loops we've been through here. God, every, every time we get to a, a certain chunk and um, uh, it, it resets, it's about 72 minutes in, I think. Uh, 72 minutes, you say? Yeah, and then we uh, we wake up back to our neural downlink things in the in the stasis pods, telling us we got some kind of error, and we wake up and uh, and we start it all over again for you know another chunk of time. So you are telling me you start the time loop in the stasis pod? Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, as I'm sure you know out here, uh, unless you're in one of them fancy suites over in the admin hab. Most uh, most company shit they put us in the in the cryo slime to to make sure we don't have to get fed or nothing. So, I was wondering how it is that you are able to perceive the time loop. I assume that means that your stasis pods have received the quantum link upgrade. Uh, Jack blinks, looks at Seabold, and like, was that the 
Is that that upgrade thing that I completely dipped out on? Yeah, you didn't read the brief, but yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Oh, cool. Glad to know that I am the only one that reads those, okay. I got I got so many other things to do. Uh, no, I don't. That's a lie. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty important information. <laughs> Look, I, I knew you had it. It's fine. I, it's it's all good. Looking back to Dr. Schreiber. So, yeah, it turns out that is, uh, that is the case. Actually, I think, so far as I know, our whole ship actually got upgraded with uh, the duplicate of Isaac and all the all the upgrades you got on this one. Um, we just listened to... Uh, and Jack inhales, much as I did. Uh, we listened to a... Um, particularly damning audio log of our good friend Gavin Price uh, killing one of our crew and uh, Gavin killed one of your crew yeah it was, it was a whole thing he one of our crewmates apparently was buddies with uh, it doesn't fucking matter anymore but it's the whole reason why we're out here was to go pick up somebody named Ira and by the time we got here, of course, I was shot dead, and, um, you know, Gavin had found out about it weeks before and killed our, uh, killed our crewmate while we were on stasis on our way out here. I am sorry for your loss. Your stasis pod upgrades does make sense for why you are able to perceive the time loop, since your, um, memory desync will be transmitted over a faster than light communication, which is possible for escaping the event horizon. So whatever satellite is storing your backup memories is still receiving and returning you your memories. Unfortunately, Quantum Link is very hard to retrofit. I helped develop it myself. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. It was derived from technology on the alien craft we have here on the station. Oh yeah, we uh we sure did hear about a whole bunch of those things you were trying to get out here and they pulled your funding and did all sorts of bad shit to you. Uh, a real shame. Sounds like you got some real cool shit going on and this quantum doohickey, uh, well, I imagine it's probably going to make the company a whole lot of money. That but... was the plan. However, if you say that the plan to blow up the fusion generator does not work every loop... Um, I'm afraid I don't have oh, that. Oh, it blows up. Yeah, it, it, it blows sure does up. blow up. It and just there's... doesn't detach from the station before you blow up. Yeah. So I blow up with it. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, it may be doing something then. Yeah, we did have something weird happen, actually. Um, one of our other crewmates, um, she'd been with us on a couple of, or on all of our loops. And out of nowhere, she just started getting some sort of weird error, uh, at seemed like she was having a seizure and we couldn't get her out of it. It was like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, something weird. But point is, you told us last time that uh, the whole point of your dropping the shit in the in the black hole was to introduce more chaos into it or something to, to get things changing. And I mean, that, that did change. So that is proof that there is a variance to the starting state of the loop. This could be caused by the explosions. I need to clarify, um, the explosion is not meant to go off in the singularity yeah. It's just simply meant to go off within the event horizon, the closed system that contains this loop. The fact that I get blown up with it is unfortunate, but ultimately uh, irrelevant. The explosion going off is releasing energy that seems to be causing a variance um, potentially in the loop. That plan could still work. I'm afraid I don't have an alternative. The artifact 
that caused the black hole to appear as it, I believe, was destroyed when Module 8 exploded. Um, that artifact was the one that the alien vessel used to generate faster-than-light travel. Now, such an artifact could be used to reverse this process, but it was destroyed. Um, there was a backup that was made, but it was in Module 8 as well, in a case much like this one. He says, gesturing to the yellow hard case. I saw Gavin with one of those. Yeah. Gavin Price had one of these cases. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's trying to escape. He's he's over in the escape pods. He, uh, he's in 2B, yeah. I know he headed that way. He passed through here. I was distracted um, as that was when I first discovered the readings on my instruments that indicated that we might be within a time loop. You know, actually, that's uh, that's kind of an interesting point here. Um, it's a weird thing to ask, but uh, do you uh, do you happen to have one of them uh, one of them red key cards? I do. Is there an Isaac terminal in this room somewhere that isn't uh, doesn't have a fish shaped hole in it? The only Isaac terminal was the one below. There is um, an Isaac terminal in Module 10. Jack looks at Siebel and then to be on the back of the doctor. Siebold shoots a very, like, annoyed glance at B, quickly recognizes that he's doing it, and stops and looks back. Uh, you know, I, I got this real funny idea. Um, we could maybe revoke Gavin's red keycard if we could borrow yours real quick. And, um, if we could lock him out of the system over there, means that we could go talk to him without him venting the atmosphere on us again. All right. If, uh, yeah, if you don't mind, if we can just pop over to Module 10 real quick, um, and show you something real fun. Yeah, if you could just assist us killing him. I have no love for Gavin Price. Hell yeah, neither do we. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, I'm willing to help you with this, but you said the loop is 72 minutes? Yeah, something like that. So, and you woke up how long ago? Uh, Jack checks his space watch. <laughs> uh, it was like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, we got up about 30 minutes ago. Was, um, yeah, actually, you know, it's funny you say that. Actually, right about this time is uh, right about when you usually blow up the uh, generator and it goes up with you. So I was um, piecing together the plan to do just that when you arrived. Yeah. So yeah, we got about uh we got about half a loop left. Um so we probably probably have enough time. Actually something something cool we figured out. Uh one of your security folks here found a way to uh sync key cards and things to people's CNIs, so uh if you don't mind letting us borrow that red key card for a second, we should be able to just link that up to all of us so we can uh get over there to Gavin and fuck him up what for. Um, this is acceptable to me. Um, it is, uh, my key fob is in my lab coat, um, over, and, and he nods over to a set of rooms in the direction of Module 8. You're welcome to it. Um, however, you can keep it if the loop is 72 minutes long and we'd fail to stop it on this one, I will get it back on the next one. Uh, you know, that's a fair point. Um... And... I will stay here, because if you are unable to stop the loop via your method, 
I would like to detonate the reactor and do mine at the end of the loop, so that there may still be a chance that on the next loop, the station is at a safe distance from the black hole. Jack looks at the other two. I can't, I can't find an argument with that. He shrugs. And Seabold actually this whole time has already started, like the second he nods in the direction of where the access card is, Seabold has now walked away and he's going to go and get the access card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to do it anyway. I mean, I tried to stop you last loop and you just did it. So, you know. He kind of like watched Seabold walk for a minute and then turns to Schreiber and goes, he's kind of a little asshole, but he's okay sometimes. There's nothing wrong with passion. Thank you. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't pursue as many possible solutions as we can. No, sounds good to me. Um, if you don't mind showing us that Isaac terminal in uh, in Module 10 there, we can go ahead and yeah. check it out, see if we got any more uh, little morsels of plot for us to, to gobble on here, and then get on our way. Yeah. As we walk, BS, is there anything you can tell us about the uh, artifact that created the black hole? In uh, layman's terms, of course. And she, like, points to her gun as if to be like, <laughs> I am obviously not a scientist. <laughs> uh, he smiles and says, I'm used to talking to people who are not scientists. <laughs> <laughs> the artifact is a higher dimensional manifold. Uh, in best uh, we can tell, um, most likely 11 dimensions, nine special dimensions, and two time-like dimensions. Um, it is technology the likes of which we've never seen. The objects look like they shouldn't even exist in 3D space because they are actually much more complex and larger than they appear. Um, it is only the part of them that intersects the observable 3D space that we can see. But anyway, these were somehow, through a method we don't fully understand, tethered to the properties of the black hole. So that while the size and mass of the black hole under normal circumstances, much of those properties can be tucked away, rolled up, if you will, unseen and unaffecting this three dimensions that we live and observe, and the amount of which the black hole intersects could be controlled. Basically, these alien creatures had the ability to make the black hole appear as small or as large as they needed it to, to generate the gravitational forces to warp space-time around their ship. When the artifact was destroyed, the full size of the black hole was shunted into our three-dimensional universe and instantaneously dropping us within the radius of its event horizon. At this part, B starts nodding. <laughs> this is the first part that, like, B understands. She's like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, Schreiber <laughs> says, uh, all of the aliens' technology is this sort of highest dimensional objects. The entire ship, in fact, is one. Their ship? Yes. Uh, and he'll nod over to PMA-9B, a door on this level that uh, isn't part of the loop. It's one of the branches off. From the map, you know it goes to Module 9B, the ECM. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that balloon you got. The expandable containment module, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a balloon. So, real quick, Seabold, mm -hmm. when you went over in the direction that the doctor said, mm -hmm. you kind of head down a narrow hallway. It's in the direction if you were going to module eight. So you kind of go off the main science room down a hallway towards that bulkhead, and you see glass observation windows to either side. One just looks like it's an office, but on the other side, by a door that's open, you see actually four large cylindrical glass tubes 
Three of which, the first two and the fourth, are full of a fluid and floating inside, unmoving, are three more individuals of the same creature that has been harassing you this entire time. The third tube is broken and empty. A woman in a lab coat with red hair, a bullet hole in her chest, and beads of blood floating around her as she is floating there in front of these specimen containment modules. Point of order, shouldn't gravity have kicked in by this point? Um, so it's it's about like uh, three quarters of the way there. So she's like okay. near the ground, but not fully. Okay. Good, good clarification. And you see a lab coat stowed, strapped in a closet with Dr. Schreiber's name etched on it and can find a red security fob in the pocket. Hmm. Okay. Can I see the name of the person who's floating there? The woman? Um, yeah, you could kind of get a little bit closer and take a look, and you see that it is Dr. Selena Volokova. Okay. While I'm in this room, I don't know, like, so, like, what is the setup with these tubes? They're, like, they're, there's the, the creature is suspended in there, but, like, the tubes are then connected to, like, some separate machine, or do the tubes just extend outside of the room, like... So it's it's basically like less of a tube and more of like a giant jar. Sure. They seem to be a freestanding unit. Mm-hmm. There's fluid inside and then there's a panel on it that's just controlling like temperature and stuff. It seems like these containment modules are designed to just preserve the specimen and keep it from decaying. So like this is just Andy spitballing trying to think of things we've heard of. Um, these are not necessarily the alien creatures that we've heard the most about. It's just the one we've encountered the most about. We've heard about a different kind that controlled the ship, right? Yes. But there's no specimens of that in here. No. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna see if I can actually deactivate these uh, these tubes. Easy. What? Excuse yeah. me? Yeah. I'm what gonna the fuck are you doing? So that they're no longer gonna stay stable. Now, you do know from the audio logs that these are presumably dead, but the one that's alive was thought dead, too, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck?! That's why I'm like, no, nah, I want to make sure they're dead. I yeah. swear to God, Roger, if you fucking kill us. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fluid drains out, and the specimens slowly drift to the bottom of the chambers. They just sort of kind of look like piles of wet spaghetti. <laughs> so you've basically just turned off the preserving elements of these systems. It is possible to open these units. Nah. <laughs> Let them suffocate. Okay. Just, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. 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 I mean, unless unless we really know a way to hurt these things, which I don't think we've discovered yet. Shotgun. So, I know. blew off tentacles. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You've heard it a bunch. You've just not stopped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to go up against four because one already fucking kills all of us. But you know, look, I just don't want these things to stay alive indefinitely. You know. Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping we'd pull an alien at the end of this, and whoever gets out of here alive would blow up the station. That's still on the table. (laughs) Nothing has ruled that out. Nothing has ruled that out. I'm saying I've spent a lot of time thinking about how this game ends. (laughs) 
So, Seabold, you grab that red fob in the room with the alien specimens in the body of Dr. Selena Velikova. Mm-hmm. Do you just go to catch up with the others? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about how dramatic I wanted to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're able to catch up. It's kind of like a very weird, like, walk glide sort of situation since it's like you're almost back to full gravity but not quite and you're you're able to catch back up with the group just as they're getting to pma 10-9 dr schreiber is going on and on about extra dimensional objects and such okay i won't even say anything i'll just kind of glide on over as you get there the orange security clearance on jack's cni activates the door and opens into module 10 eps electrical power systems while there's like often like the white plastic veneer on everything especially coming out of the science area that feels very sanitized this feels very utility from the bulkhead is a catwalk that goes out to a center console in the middle of the room and then continues along a catwalk to pma 1110 onto the next module Below the catwalks, there is a spiral staircase that descends from the terminal in the middle down to a door below with a lift that goes down to the fusion generator. And then you see hundreds of massive capacitor banks below and above. You could see banks of hundreds of huge 400 pound lithium ion batteries, basically papering this entire room. All of the huge electrical systems required to pump energy into the fusion generator so that it can perform the fusion process to generate even more electricity. And don't ask me why, but I like actually figured out how the science of that works. (laughs) Oh, I know why. It's called ADHD. Yeah. (laughs) It releases 10 million joules in 100 microseconds. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody was going to call you out on it, Nick. It's the energy required to convert deuterium into helium-3 and helium-3 into helium-4 in a proton, which is harnessed to generate 18.3 mega electron volts. Whoa, what a fucking nerd. <laughs> Why do you think I had B ask about the fucking alien artifacts? I'm like, I know he's done the fucking research on this. Let's let him flex. <laughs> yes, I have explained the techno babble uh, adequately, and but I'm going to go do it for another ten minutes or so just to be able to pad out the episode and also show that I know how to do a German accent. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> so Schreiber will lead you to that central terminal in the catwalk, and there's an Isaac terminal there in addition to all of the controls for the entire electrical subsystems of the station. Well. Why don't we, uh, why don't we see what kind of juicy lore tidbits our friend Ira hid for us here? Let's do it. And then I say the catchphrase that makes Isaac do the thing. (laughs) I like that we've been reduced to this. Yeah, honestly, that was the intent. I didn't want you to actually have to, like, say the security passcode every time. Yeah, role-playing it out every time would be super annoying. I'm just, I'm pressing the the first couple times, (laughs) and then, like, you guys, you, you guys get it. The audience gets it. You guys get it, right? Yeah. Audience. Everybody gets it. Yeah, so you do the thing and give Isaac Ira's passcode. I have an audio file here. Would you like me to play it? Please. Cynthia, it's 44 and 56. I'm impressed. Seems like you want to waste the Petri dishes after all. The data you've relied back has proven our suspicions. It seems Valkyrie isn't playing nearly as nice as they pretend. We're ready to initiate the next phase of this operation. Affirmative, Affirmative Mr. Grouse. I've arranged for an autonomous craft. 
posing as a supply shipment to arrive in four days. You had to acquire the specimen alive and unharmed and get it to the ship for extraction. Affirmative, Mr. Grouse. This is the task I'd explicitly designed you for. Don't make me force my team of engineers back to the drawing board. Affirmative, Affirmative Mr. Grouse. Very good. See you soon. Davis, I... I don't think I want to do this. I don't either. Then let's not. You know that's not an option. <sighs> I know. It, it doesn't matter what we want. It, it never did. I know. Huh. Sucks to be a synth. Yeah. Sorry, that was insensitive. Um, the synthetic spy sent by Ether. Yeah, I think we met one of them. Yeah, B, isn't that who killed you? B frowns and thinks about it for a minute. She goes, she shot me. I don't know about killing me. You know, I mean, I guess it... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, shot you, right? Yeah. I think ultimately the alien killed us on that loop. Yeah, that was weird. That was, uh, that was that time when the alien got super juiced up. Uh, which, I mean, it makes sense if there's synthetic people. They probably got some kind of crazy battery in them somewhere. Using the synth, which is the only thing that the alien would encounter if we're not in the way. Yeah. And so I was like, I think, I think like, you know, like, the, the alien using the synth kind of killed you, right? You were dead at that point. <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> I was gonna say Seabold was the first one dead on that loop. Look, Seabold doesn't know. <laughs> He's guessing at this point. That's fair. He's like, I don't know. I think I saved you. Did I save you? Well, I don't know. You saved Delphine. Yeah. Is this in character or out of character? I don't even know at this point. Um. Sometimes it's good to just talk through it, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Schreiber will say. This all started when they tried to steal the alive specimen from the biolab. Yeah, that makes sense. What happened? They shot Selena. What? What? Yeah, you know that, that, that doctor we've been learning about, the different logs. The bio doctor, yeah. Yeah, they came in and went and took the specimen, you know. Yeah, but why do you know that? Uh, I mean, I just saw it, you know, when I was getting this. Kind of holds up the red access card. Priorities. And, you know, at this point, I, nothing surprises me anymore. Well, I mean, I also I also turned off the other, you know, specimens that were back there. There's, you know, three others. There's three more? And yeah. be immediately, like, her hands are on the shotgun again and, like, looking around. Presumably, though, from the audio log, only the one awakened. Mm-hmm. Dr. Schreiber is going to say, things, he says, things were very chaotic. But that is what started this all. He looks uncomfortable. Yeah, that, that tracks. To you, Dr. Schreiber, how long ago did that happen? Um, almost an hour. Wasn't, um... Minding the time at the time. Naturally. Yeah, why would you, right? Alright. Right. Well, well, 
we can go ahead and sync this key card and that uh that audio log here. Yep, we... I've already been doing it this yep. whole time. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Looks over. Seabold's already run the entire program. Yeah, you do it. Liggity split. It's easy. You've done that part a million times now. Yeah, Doc. So. If you wanna, if you wanna stay here, uh, we got a little bit more reconnaissance we got to do up in uh, in a couple more modules, and then we'll probably come back and see you on the next loop, and then hopefully go get that artifact back from uh, from Gavin and or kill him. And or? I mean, I fucking... If those things detonate real easy, I don't know. Maybe the best way to kill them is to fucking shoot it. I don't I don't really give a shit, but... I'm going to strangle yeah. him. Sounds like maybe we need to get all of them back together. Is that a, is that a good assessment, Dr. Schreiber? If we got that, uh, that artifact he's got, it might do something we can turn the black hole off. Um, if he has the correct artifact, there was only one other case, and I thought it was lost in the explosion of Module 8. If he has it, then you will need this. Uh, he reaches in and pulls a device out of his pocket. It's handheld. It's kind of um, a handle that has, like, little arms that curve in, like, a quarter circle to the left and the right and the top with little LED lights on the inside. The species that created this technology was able to manipulate it with combinations of flashes of light in various frequencies. We've been able to decode some of it. This is a device that we have created to mimic the natural process of pulsing light that these alien creatures would use. Um, I can pre-program the command to shift the black hole back to its original state in this device. And if you take it, Attach the artifact to the device and hitting this button, they'll activate. That's pretty rad. Um, hey, quick point of order, because I know those artifacts uh, are real hard to look at. There's there's nothing that goes wrong if we if we touch it with our bare hands or anything, is it? It's not going to immediately rot our flesh off of our bones or anything. No, it is safe to touch. Oh, you know, you see weird glowing green lights, you think it's, you know, nuclear waste or some such. Oh, trust me, when we first discovered these objects, we spared no precaution. Well, they are made of pure laser light. Yeah. They are heavier than it appears, but it is safe to handle. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. And Jack checks his space watch. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get there this time, but it couldn't hurt to take it just in case. But Could we sink it somehow? Uh, ooh. Like the, the light pattern, you know? That's an interesting point. I don't suppose there's any way to just duplicate that series of flashing lights onto our hand terminals or something, is it? Unfortunately, the hardware is required to transmit the light pulses in specific places on the artifact. So we gotta see Schreiber, and then we gotta kill Gavin. That's fine. We can, uh, yeah, we can probably just pop the ship over here, have a little chat with the doctor next time, pop the ship back over to uh, Module 3, and then just walk on over. Yeah, we can just make a sign with your husband's name on it, so that way we can just, you know, get something <laughs> faster, you know? <laughs> Sorry about your dead husband. Give us the thing <laughs> before you Give us also the become a dead husband. Yeah, what I'm what I what I've been calculating this whole time is like we've been getting a lot of exposition. How do we not get this exposition mm. next time? We know. Skip. Yeah. <laughs> How can we skip this cutscene? I mean, that's what my character would want to do anyway. It'd be like I I'm so tired of having the same conversation. Yeah. yeah there is always just fucking punching the doctor and taking the taking the doohickey. Uh, I would prefer not to. He's very good at punching. He seems like a nice guy. I would like him to be on our side when we leave, if we leave. 
I mean, if we can take him with us. That'd be real nice. That'd be real nice. And maybe our gynoid friend, if we can convince her not to murder us. Well, yeah, that's Shriver's a good dude. He's just Oppenheimer is all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. He's Oppenheimer. I am become dead. Right. We need the Barbie and we need the Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Schreiber is going to say, that sounds like a good plan. You continue onward. I will prep the reactor for detonation at uh, the end of... And he looks at his hand terminal to check the time. Uh, approximately 20 minutes from now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I mean, I guess while we're in here, Seville's just kind of looking around to see if there's any other Isaac terminals. So, anything else in here? No, there's no other Isaac terminals. You have the spiral staircase that goes down to the entrance to the fusion reactor, Mm -hmm. and then the catwalk that goes over to the bulkhead to module 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's actually a good point. Um, Hey, Dr. Schreiber, is there a... uh... You're an Isaac terminal down in the fusion generator area. Uh, there is not. Okay. That'd probably be a really bad idea. Uh, yeah, probably. This <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like we got to go to uh, module eleven, the uh, general nutrition centers. <laughs> Guidance, nav, <laughs> yeah. and control. That's what I said. <laughs> Which is an actual acronym from NASA. Adam. Is that an old person reference or something? It's an old person reference. That I, I will also specify that was Seabold saying that, oh, okay. not me. Mm-hmm. I, of course, know what GNC oh, is. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> no, see, yeah. actually, in this universe, GNC is now a super conglomerate that rivals Walmart. Fuck <laughs> my God. You know, it's funny. You got Valkyrie, you got Wayland yutani and you've got GNC. <laughs> fair enough. Anyway. Cool. Uh, yeah. So... You enter into module 11, and you see that it is a double-tiered module, much like the last one. There's a ton of readout screens and control panels to either side here. And then you also see that this is where below is huge tanks of xenon, which is the gas that's used for the C-graph thrusters as well as the normal positioning and adjusting thrusters of the station. And then you see that there are two propulsion techs that are laying now on the ground on this level, unmoving. Mm. Because now gravity is up to full. You can walk normally now. Well, sucks to suck, I suppose. Uh, let's, Let's find that Isaac terminal. Yep. And you find the Isaac terminal kind of in the center of the module among all of the guidance and navigation readouts. Cool. We do the secret handshake. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have an audio file here. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Only if you want to, Isaac. <laughs> Consent is sexy. And the fucking sea grav is out now, too? God, this place is fucked. It powered off around the time the creature was passing through Module 11. Night Shift GNC crew is probably lost, if I had to guess. Owens is trying to get Seagrav back online remotely. Schreiber! Glad to see the whole science team didn't kick the bucket. I passed Owens in environmental control and life support system. That thing wasn't far behind me, though. LJ has StatSec setting up to contain it in Module 6. I wish him all the luck in the world, then. Wait, what are you doing? Are these? Yes. These are the key pieces to the alien craft that pertain to my research. Higher dimensional manifolds that- English, please, I'm begging you. They are the parts of the alien tech used to control the various subsystems of the alien vessel, including the faster than light travel. 
I'm packing them up in an attempt to salvage what I can from this mess before heading to the escape pods. Ah, good call. Delacroix, Chandra, Shepard, and a few other execs already jumped ship. Let me help with these. Price. That sounds a lot closer than Module 6. It's here. Run. PMA 8-9. Die, you calamari! Fuck, die! That was close. Hole breach detected in Module 8. That fucking imbecile. They must have clipped the objects with a bullet or something. Shiza. Well, maybe took out the creature? Hmm. No such luck. It got into PMA right after we left. Just watched it squeeze through the ventilation intake. Well, I'm out. Escape pods? Earth to fucking Edsel. Price, look out the viewport. Is that a fucking black hole? Where the fuck did that come from? The artifacts that detonated must have been the one that controlled the properties of TN-1343. Well, fuck that. I'm out of here. Go. We lost signal to Singularity Sensor A in the explosion. But the readings are coming from the remote probes via Quantum Link. Don't look right. I'll stay here. See if I can figure out what is going on. Don't gotta tell me twice. Well. Sink. Kind of confirm stuff we already know. Now how did Ira upload this if he was all the way somewhere else? Automatic Don't. security screenings. Shut the fuck up. Don't think about it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Don't fucking think about it. If I didn't say it, someone else was going to say it. <laughs> he set up bugs everywhere. Cut me some stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> Basically, he bugged the whole place. Yeah. Okay, that's all you need to that's know. That's how he overheard the conversation between the synths and Grouse? Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. He was thorough. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Ira. Thanks, Ira. Cool. Uh, any other terminals in here? Uh, no, just the ones that control everything. And actually, you do see that the one terminal that seems to be for Seagrav seems to be damaged mm -hmm. because it is near one of the dead bodies. Sure. And it appears that that's probably what caused the Seagrav to get turned off initially is the crew here got killed. Mm. Okay. Understood. Uh, anything else in here that I can control that is like currently operational? Um, you can control basically the entire trajectory of the station. Although mm -hmm. if what Schreiber has said is true and you're within the event horizon of the black hole, there's not a whole, that's not going to do a whole lot of good. Sure. You could make the thrusters go burr, but it's not going to do a whole lot. <laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, hey, before I forget again, um, Hey, hey, Isaac. Yes? How can I be of assistance? Could you, uh, could you remove, um, red level clearance from, uh, Gavin Price? Set him to, uh, to no access to the ship? I am reading that you have red level clearance. However, security clearance can only be changed by head of security, Lawrence Johnson. Fuck you! <laughs> Why would anyone with red level clearance be able to revoke the access of anyone else with I red don't level care. clearance? <laughs> you know, look, I just had to check. Don't we don't we know where Lawrence Johnson is? He's dead, no? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean I I thought that. Yeah, did we find we his, body? his body? Is? You didn't find his body. Mm. Okay, we have not found his body it, yet. It it sounded like he was there when Module 8 exploded. Oh. Mm, so. <laughs> um, well, never mind. He's in the black hole. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Just we we don't have any we don't have any control over the escape pods here yet. Um, if you hacked Isaac's terminal like you have in the past, you would be able to get access mm -hmm. to that. Like like to just see or like do whatever. If you're able to get full access to Isaac's terminal mm -hmm. like you did before, you could do that. Okay, understood. But I would let you roll for advantage on it because you've done it twice. Right. Okay. Let's go to module twelve then. Mm-hmm. We got to keep collecting our homework if we're going to expose them on the internet. Uh -huh. It's true. We can we can save scum right before the final boss once we've gotten all the other side quest items. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, what does it look like getting over to PMA 1211? Uh, yeah, your red level clearance grants you access. No problems. Uh, where are we at on the tracker? Yo, I know it's the last episode, but I'm so proud of us for getting red level clearance. Yeah, we did it. I think it would have been more of an achievement to win without it, but <laughs> on the other hand, 100% completion, I get it. You yeah. and I play video games very different ways. <laughs> I look, it's I it's both. Like I love <laughs> I love unlocking all the things. I do think it would be funnier if we just missed out on things. Oh, so I'm that... sure we've missed out on plenty. Those dead bodies in the operating rooms, there was something to do with that. Nick brought them up like 20 times. That's true. We can check them out next time. Or not. Yeah. Or not. Listeners, vote now on your phones. <laughs> <laughs> if we're still stuck in a time loop, we'll get your messages. We'll, <laughs> yep. We'll know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, with your red clearance, the door into Module 12 opens. You see a room that looks much like Mission Control on any NASA video. It's massive screens on the one side. The deck that you're on enters in the middle of the end of the module, but kind of like use around the one side, similar to what it does in module two, the Ahab, except to the entire left of this walkway is this kind of like sloping auditorium with various comm and control consoles and readouts and everything everywhere. And you see as you enter the room that there is a body laying down in the front of this auditorium-like room, kind of huddled on the floor in front of the display screens. And you see written in blood across the screen above them is, fuck Valkyrie. Fuck Valkyrie indeed. Here, here. About halfway around is a ladder that goes downwards and you can see a label on the wall that points down and says Module 2B ISM, which is Integrated Subsystem Mainframe, which is Isaac's brain, basically. Oh, interesting. Could we pull all the logs from his brain? All the logs aren't in his brain. They yeah, are on yeah, individual on local terminals. Yeah. That's why yeah. you had to do it this way. Um, okay. They were saved locally spread out for security reasons, for the espionage of it and the gamification of it. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. So, um, and you do in fact see an Isaac terminal near the ladder that descends here. Cool. Let's uh, let's poke it. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's an audio file here. Would you like me to play it? Yes, please. However, could you uh, could you translate it to German while you're playing it? Do you have a AI translation? Guten <laughs> Tag. <laughs> Man, gotten Himmel. All right. Uh, Ein, zwei, drei. Danke. Danke. What is it? Danke. Uh, Danke, Shane. Thank you very much. Danke, Shane.
Mm-hmm. Prost. Grandma used to say it to me all the time. <laughs> Our German listeners have never been more offended. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. You don't have to like it. It's what you got. There has to be another way. We've been over this. There isn't. I will not subject the members of this crew to that creature for my experiments. I refuse. They have families. Justifiable losses. This work is too damn important. Your work as well as Dr. Schreiber's. It's not just a new understanding of life beyond our own world, but maybe even the means to join them in the stars. Be that as it may, I will not have innocent blood on my hands. Then we'll find someone who will, and it'll be their name on the author line of the paper that gets published. You, you would finally let me publish my research after all these years? The board is prepared to discuss it. <sighs> Fine. I'll do it. Look, if it makes you feel any better, their sacrifices will pave the way to a beautiful future for all humanity. Trodden on in life as well as death. May God forgive us. So, we recognize Selena Barakova, but do we recognize the other voice? The other voice was Mike Delacroix. Thank ah, you. Head of Ops. Well, we kind of knew that was happening anyway, but that's that's a smoking gun. Yeah, if we can never get off this hell hole, I'm sure we can uh, ruin a whole lot of people. Well, I'm not going to say we could ruin a whole lot of people's lives, but I don't think they're alive to be ruined anymore. Exactly. Gotta say, I love how the most damning piece of evidence is the exact opposite corner of the station from where we start. Huh. Amazing. How about Amazing that? Amazing how that worked out. You did learn in the last audio log that there were people that have already escaped. That's true, and I don't love that. Including Mel- Mike Delacroix, who is in this recording. That's also true. Mm-hmm. I miss that. Yep. Which is why we haven't run into them. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, I think we got one more of these, uh, one more of these things to to grab here, real quick, and uh, and we're yeah. sinking all of these as we go, right? That was my thought. What if Seabold wasn't? No, he is. Okay. Yeah, no, he's like it's it's basically without even saying it, like Seabold's just doing it. Okay. Um, um, can we check the space watch to see uh, how much time we have left before the reset? Uh, it minutes. Sure. Do we have any indication of who the body is? You can examine it if you want. Sure. Um, yeah, you go down there and you see the name tag that says uh, Dr. Umar Krishnan, which from the personnel log you found, you know, is the chief engineer. Okay. Mm. Um, his security fob is gone. Mm, it's gone? Explains a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's bruised and like bones are broken. It looks like he was beaten to death. Holy shit. Perhaps with a, a yellow case containing a uh, alien that's, artifact. That's my assumption. He looks beaten beyond that. It doesn't look like one person did this. Oh, shit. Ah, that would make sense then if the Roughnecks went and beat the shit out of him to try and get to the uh, escape pods. Yeah. But then why didn't we find a red fob in that room? Mm, Or anything better than a green fob? My my only guess is Gavin probably took it. Mm, Fair. I'm sorry if this makes me appear heartless, but... Y'all, I'm going to move on here to the next module while you try yeah. to figure out why this one guy was beaten to death. No, that's what we need to do. I'm totally yeah, with that. we only that. got a couple minutes. I'm totally with that. And Seabold just starts walking. The entire ship shakes, and the emergency power flips on. 
and you guys begin hearing the opening notes of Before I Disappear by Highland Rose. Okay, let's get to the last terminal. Uh, <clears throat> can we try and run to the terminal in module one? Yes, yeah. you can. So first things first, the TMA opens with your red security clearance and you see a body laying in here. Male, broad-shouldered, dark hair in a roughneck jumpsuit. You see the name on the jumpsuit says Vincent Davies, life support engineer. Ah, interesting. Who we now know is a synth. Yes. But it looks like he has like several gunshots in his chest, um, blood pouring out. Red blood. Not milk. Not milk. <laughs> uh, but he's laying there unmoving. The The song is continuing. Do you, do you stop or do you... Do you book it for the Isaac Terminal in the next one. Seabold didn't even look at this, dude. Yeah, so Seabold yeah. has continued straight on into Module 1, which is communication. Um, this module actually looks pretty similar to uh, Module 11 in its format, where it's kind of like a single corridor with various readouts and terminals and panels um, all along either side. You actually see that there is a dead body in here near one of the terminals laying in a pool of blood but you see that there's an Isaac terminal not far from her. Excuse me, just gotta get to Isaac here. Hey, Isaac. B checks out her. Yeah, B, you go up to this person. There's a bloody knife laying there, and it looks like she has slit her wrist. Jesus. There's blood on the touchscreen terminal, and you can see that there's like a Word doc pulled up. It reads as you glance at it, try to call for help wanted to tell them everything no signal i'm sorry it was just a job i'm so sorry what's her name felicia english mm. from the personnel roster you found uh she was a communications engineer <sighs> siebold greetings how can i be of assistance hey isaac uh, can you uh play any of the, those uh, good logs for me here certainly I have an audio log here. Would you like me to play it? Yep. We don't want to hurt you, Dr. Volokova. Just let us have the specimen and we'll be on our way. Delang, Davies. So you are the ether spies then. Do not come any closer. I will release this creature and we will all have a very bad time. For you, perhaps. But I think you will find we are more capable than we look. Yes, I know what you are. The SEC report said that the spies may be synths. Lab-grown bodies cloned from human DNA, augmented for enhanced strength, speed, and durability. Genetically engineered so an AI can pilot to the body via a neural implant. I postulate that you will find this creature shockingly dangerous for you two in particular. Shall we test that hypothesis? All right, nobody make any sudden movements. Dr. Schreiber, thank God. Siobhan, he's got a pistol. I see it. Dr. Schreiber, no one has to get hurt. What are you waiting for? Shoot them! This specimen is the only thing you want? Yes. Good. Take the accursed thing. Edsel, wait. Breach detected in containment unit oh, three. That's not good. Shiza, run! 
that's spicy. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we should take him on the ship with us anymore. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> that does put some moral compunctions on perhaps what we need to do. Mm-hmm. I I love how like I as a person was like Shriver definitely did this shit, and then and then like as a character I was like. He's not gonna assume this. Uh-huh. He's gonna assume. He's gonna assume that the spies did this. Yeah. No. B B knows what's up. And as the audio log finishes playing, you all wake up in your stasis pods on SMS 108. Well, we did it. It's the finale. Hi, everyone. Nick Yurisiva here. Your Game Master of Fables Around the Table Continuum, playing Mothership by Tuesday Night Games. Thank you, everyone, for your patience as we were getting this episode out. It's an extra long one, and a million things sort of happened in my life all at once, but hopefully it was worth the wait. Before I get into the credits, if you have any questions for me or the cast, be sure to send them our way on the Project Derailed Discord or any of our social medias. That's projectderailed.com slash discord or Table Fables podcast on any of the social media places. We will be recording our Q&A and discussion episode for Continuum real soon, where we will be tackling as many of your burning questions as possible. Also, Project Derailed patrons will get bonus questions and content from that episode exclusively on our Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash projectderailed. If you are able, we would be incredibly appreciative of your support. We know not everyone is able to pitch in, but if you're enjoying the show, you can always support us at no cost to you by leaving a review, sharing on social media, or simply telling a friend. And above all else, just thank you for listening. One last time, here's a quick reminder of all the talented people on this season. Caitlin Camp plays Delphine. She is a Fables veteran, having appeared on seasons Lost, Candlelight, and Greetings from Hell. She was also a guest on Tales of the Voidfarer. Roger Page is Siebold. He is also a Fables veteran, having appeared on seasons Tainted Love, Lost, and Greetings from Hell. Additionally, Roger plays Remix on our mass podcast, Cape Chronicles. He guested on Tales of the Voidfarer as well, and he's a streamer. Catch his streams at twitch.tv slash Mr. Roger. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-R-O-D-G-E-R. Andy, a.k.a. Bam Crash Kapow, plays B. She's a variety streamer, and you can catch her streams at twitch.tv slash Bam Crash Kapow. Adam Seats plays Jack. They are the co-author of any award-winning D&D 5e adventure, One Night Strahd. One Night Strahd is currently available for purchase on DMs Guild. Tanner Bivens, once again, returns to play Cameron. Tanner plays Marco Astorio on Tales of the Voidfarer, our D&D 5e actual play podcast set in the Spelljammer setting. Once again, shout out to Anna Matthews for voicing the ship's AI, Ava. Anna has also recorded voiceover previously for Fables Around the Table, Tiffany. Orson Grouse was voiced by none other than Luckbeak Humboldt himself, Saker. Catch Saker on Tales of the Voidfarer and his other podcast, It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. 
He's also one half of the Nerdcore group 2D6. Check them out at 2d6music.bandcamp.com. Huge shout out to Tom Goldthwaite for voicing Mike Delacroix. Tom is one of the Project Derailed founders and serves as my story consultant on Tales of the Voidfarer, as well as being the creator of the Tales of the Voidfarer theme song. Josh Medor plays Ether agent Vincent Davies. He previously appeared on Fables Around the Table, She. Fiona L.F. Kelly is back as the voice of Dr. Selena Velikova. Fiona is the executive producer and showrunner of Fables Around the Table. She has GM and played in many Fable seasons, and she plays Falcon Girl on Cape Chronicles and Ravnus on Tales of the Voidfarer. A huge shout out to Chelsea Rexinger, the technical editor for this season of Fables. Chelsea has GM'd and appeared as a player on almost every past Fable season, and she plays Royale on Cape Chronicles. Chelsea also did the voice of the Omniphone ad. And she makes nerdy candles at her Etsy store at etsy.com shop slash plot kindling candles. Special thanks to the band Northern Weather for the use of their song Time and Distance off the album of Shade of Melancholy, and thanks again to the band Highland Rose for the use of their song Before I Disappear off the EP Dark Times. Come on over and say hi to us on the Project Derail Discord at projectderail.com discord. Now, without further delay, let's close the loop on this one. Complete. Oh, we didn't have time to sync it. You synced it when you when you got it. That's fine. It syncs as it's playing. Yeah. Can we discuss out of character and before we start? Yeah, that was that was sort of my hope. Yeah. Um there is one place we haven't been. Oh? Or rather, there's two places we haven't been, one of which I refuse. Uh, because we're not going to go to the morgue. Right. We haven't seen what's in the balloon, because Schreiber said the the alien craft is in there. True. Mm-hmm. Is it correct to assume that if uh, Jackass has the copy of the alien artifact, do we need to be in the alien ship to use it, or no. can we just nope. trigger it? We just need the gun from mm-hmm. Schreiber. Correct. Okay. And Schreiber said that the artifacts he's got are the ones that he took out of the alien ship that control it, question mark? Yeah. Okay. Basically, there was like 20-odd objects, and all of them controlled a different aspect of the ship. One of them controlled the black hole, which Schreiber speculates is how the ship was able to achieve faster-than-light travel. They were able to make a copy of that one, which Gavin has. Okay. I will also say it's totally viable to get the artifact off Gavin and then take it to Schreiber. You don't need to take the device to the artifact. It could go the other way around. Yeah, we already have red level clearance. You're not wrong. I am worried that if we don't stop Schreiber first, he might, we might run out of time and he might blow himself up. True. That is true. So in theory, with the case that Schreiber has, they could control the alien ship presumably 
but that doesn't necessarily mean they know how. Okay, that's fine. That was sort of what I was getting at, is that I, I have this thought, right? Because we're playing space capitalism the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have an empty cargo hold. If we are somehow able to kill Gavin, take the ship, like the alien ship, put it in our ship, we got all the doohickeys that make it work. Maybe, uh, maybe this is how we retire. Yeah. Maybe this is how our characters get to have a nice, happy life afterwards. Especially if all the aliens are dead. Yeah. Well, all but one. Well, yeah, but we're going to blow up the station, so obviously it will be dead. And we're never going to go back and check for the body. I'm glad we're on board about blowing up the station. Well, my my other thing, which... uh. I guess since we're talking above board here for a second, Andy, is your thought to uh, go ahead and reinstall the original AI on her ship? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. But I'm worried that might remove our downlink. Oh, God, that's a point. Um, Because that happened at the same time. Well, we could always try it and then... Die? die and see if it worked (laughs) we won't know if it worked or not we will if we don't remember it working but we won't remember that we did it well that's true we wouldn't remember any of that and that would just get us stuck in a different loop Mm -hmm. Hmm. i think we should hold off on reinstating ava until we know it's the last loop i i think that's probably fair this is andy talking not b b is like gung-ho like let's put ava back in yeah because yeah. Isaac killed Cameron, in a sense, so she wants to get rid of Isaac at the ship. So she's going right for it. Yeah. The other side of that is that um, if we kill Gavin, there won't be anybody else, theoretically, who will try and do the remote trigger. Correct. So maybe we should just do it after we kill Gavin. I, I mean, I will tell you right now, the motivation to kill Gavin is not high for Seabold. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, he got the exit key. Like, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I. that's why I'm like, the, there's nothing motivating him to kill Gavin other than him just being an asshole, a fucking rich asshole, uh, you know. But so. Seabold loves those. Yeah, there is that. So the idea is we're going to Module 9 to talk to Schreiber and then over to Module yeah, 3. Yeah, we gotta try to get the device as quick as we can. Yeah. Rami is, is still thinking we should split up. Because then one of us can stop Schreiber and the other two can go get the thing from Gavin. Well, I mean, I think we should just go straight for Gavin. Fuck it. Let's, that, that two to one. Let's go straight for Gavin. All right. Good morning, crew. It is 0214 Earth Standard Time on October 7th, 2133. At a solar orbit of... Positioning error... Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. Yeah, you guys awaken once again. Well, Ava, or I guess now you know, Isaac reads you the same date and time and song. And you hear the memory desync looping coming from Delphine's pod. I'm assuming Siebel goes to Delphine's pod. Yep. He immediately moves to... Deck three. Up to the galleon hab? Mm-hmm. 
And she starts sticking through her stuff to find a flash drive. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a zip disk. It's the, the most advanced uh, storage technology that we have. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Jack kicks open the stasis pod, like very tiredly just wrenches open the side, grabs the beer, wipes off the cryo slime, cracks the beer against the side, chugs the beer, chucks it over his shoulder, gives one sort of forlorn look over at Delphine and also Cameron, who is dead and also there. Yep. Who we have been sort of going past this whole time. Just sort of puts his head in his hands for a second and says over the um, comms, Hey, B, do you, um, you still have that zip disk I gave you? I'm getting it right now, Jack. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. I I think we're probably going to need to load it back up, but I wonder if it might not be a better idea to to hang on until after we kill Gavin, just in case. In case of what? We don't know if he's got some sort of remote... And Well, I mean, I guess we do know he's got some kind of remote access, but I don't know if he's got some kind of alert that's going to tell him about it and... He'll try and do something to us, uh, you know, if he gets a little heads up on his terminal or God knows what. He's able to control us. He could kill any of us at any moment. Yeah. If we're in the safe spot. But I mean, we're not right now. And we could just kill him. And he doesn't know the Delphine's in there. He, like, has it in her hand at this point. And she, like, stops and, like, contemplates. Your team lead. She puts it in her pocket. I appreciate you, because believe you me, I want to get it done, but I, I have the sneaking suspicion that if we try mucking about with it, he's just going to blow up our ship or some dumb shit. On the other hand, we've got us to reset the, <laughs> reset the clock real fast, but we don't know how many of those we got left. God only knows we're circling the drain, as he said. <laughs> you sure are. Alright, we're going to Module 3 to then go into the Ahab and then go talk to Price. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, you already know what your objective here is, right? It's, you just go true. in, pop them, and then you take the shit and you leave. True. We're not trying to have any sort of extended conversation with the guy. We already did that. I mean, you could, but how long will that take? A couple minutes? He's the talker. He's the talker. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> Are you going to choke him with your mechanical fist? Because I am. I mean, I was going to kick him in the balls once or twice, but... I'm sorry, I was just picturing myself with a mechanical fist, and I'm into this idea. <laughs> it's it's just Bionic Commando. A game that nobody played. That's what <laughs> I've been playing the whole time! <laughs> so, we might be able to do it in this one, but I gotta ask, do we want to... Do we want to maybe talk to the good doctor or the bad synth and maybe see if we want to take either of them with us on the way out, because, uh... I mean, they they both sure do have their own bullshit they're up to, but having them around might uh, make our lives a whole lot easier if we decide we want to try and go public with any of the shit we found here. I mean, we know how Schreiber is on our side, basically. He doesn't have to know that we know that it's his fault that this alien got out. It's true. We'd be saving him to ruin his I life. Mean, and it's very convenient that all we have to do is say his dead husband's name, and now all of a sudden he's our friend, so... I, I do love a good cheat code. You know, it's nice. <laughs> well, I think we should um 
hop into some of them IVA suits just in case and maybe grab a, a big old laser cutter or something so we can cut through the door. We got we got red access, but, you know, just in case, right? You know, he's a bastard. He does that. She puts away her pulse rifle and grabs the shotgun. And Jack will head to the the cockpit. Siebold's gonna make a sign for Dr. Schreiber saying, sorry about your dead husband's sad face. <laughs> Can you please give us the device with the LEDs? Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna start moving the ship over to module three. Okay. Yeah, you fire up the ship and move it over there. Um I am gonna say that given the little bit of strategy that needed to occur, yeah. you'll be arriving at module three at the beginning of scene three. Okay. So the driver's okay. blowing shit up. Unless we stop him. Well, I mean, hey, maybe maybe we hop in and just uh pop Gavin real quick and then get on the Get on the communicator to Dr. Schreiber and let him know what's up. Yeah, that's right. We can try and access him. Yeah, you can stop him. You can stop him. So. If anything, I think that should be Seabold's job is reaching out. Hey, that's a good point. Hey, Seabold, why don't, um, when me and B go and kick Gavin's ass, how about you get on the horn and talk to Dr. Schreiber real quick and let him know what's up so we can, uh, keep him from blowing this shit up while we're... Yeah, blowing himself out. up so that way we can take him and expose him to the press, but we don't tell him that we're going to do that after this. Yeah, that. If nothing else, just stall him. Yeah. Sounds good. Radical. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Cool. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. This is all I care about in this campaign. I want to kill Gavin. <laughs> so we've got laser cutters. We're wearing our IVA suits. Um, Jack's got a gun. B's got a gun mm-hmm. and a fist. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. Um, we exit the ship and go through module three to PMA 3-2. Yeah. B and Jack, you exit into the multi-purpose logistics module, module three, heading up a deck past the exoloader and to PMA 2-3 to module two. Seabold. Mm-hmm. I imagine you're hopping on an Isaac terminal in module three. Yes, I am. All righty. Greetings. How can I be of assistance? Isaac, tell me all your secrets, ah! and I'm going to try to hack this bad boy. Alrighty, go ahead, and you can roll computers. You have advantage. Roll twice, take the better. Computers. But you guys use intellect the check, yeah. yeah. You guys don't use dice, okay. which I have not rolled any of. If we make it through this entire episode without dice. Well, this is a good thing. Damn. Oh, don't you worry. Damn it. It was a 68. Yeah. And I failed. That was your best? Mm-hmm. Damn. My other one was a 75. I rolled a 75, then a 68. Damn, that Jesus. hurts. Mm-hmm. So you're not able to get full access like you did previously and not able to access anything that you can't get beyond the security access that you have. Although you do discover that with your red level security clearance, you can contact Dr. Schreiber anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, I figured this probably isn't that bad. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you have the highest level security clearance. Like, you could do most of the things on this terminal anyway. Right. Basically just short of, like, making changes to security clearance or, you know, controlling the the station in pretty kind of large I could have done that before. Oh, fuck. Missed opportunities. Uh, Yeah, okay, cool. So I'll go ahead and... uh... Give Schreiber a little ring-a-ding-ding. 
Yeah, so you contact the, the Isaac terminal in module nine, um, and it rings for a second, and then... Hello? Who is this? Hey, my name is uh, Seabold, and um, we've met before, and I know you are planning to blow this bad boy up, and I really want to make sure that you don't do that. Can you hold off for just like a split second, okay, so that way we can do what we need to do, um, because we're going to kill Gavin Price, and I know that you're not a big fan of him, and so we're going to do all of those things, and I know that you're not going to assume that I know you, but I promise that I do, because I know about your dead husband, okay, and like, it's, it's really sad, we all feel bad about it, but like, I just need you to trust me, okay? So you know we are in a time loop then? Yeah, yeah, I, I know that, yeah. And again, sorry about Leonard Newman, I'm sorry about that. Right, um, so if you want to be the hold off on the explosions, then I imagine that you have a better plan. Uh, yeah, we're gonna actually take the, uh, other alien artifact that Gavin has, you know, after, I don't know, they're probably gonna kill him, they're definitely gonna kill him, they're gonna kill him and they're gonna, like, take that device, because that's supposed to be the one that controls, you know, the effects of, like, the black hole, right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, again, because you told me all of this, I didn't know shit about these alien artifacts, I still barely know anything about these alien artifacts, but, you know, that's what the plan is. All right. Oh, one more thing. Uh, that that uh, device that you have, you know, with the LEDs in there that helps control it. Can you just, like, have that out ready to go? Because we're going to need to, like, move fast when we get to you. All right. I'm convinced. If I don't hear from you in 20, 30 minutes, I'm going to blow the reactor. Okay. That's fine. I mean, you've been doing it this whole time anyway, so that's fine. Yeah, there's no no response. All right, good talk. And then he hangs up. <laughs> All right, Seabold. <laughs> you fucking did it. You did the thing. Uh -huh. You did the thing. I'm so proud of you. B and Jack, you enter once more into Module 2, the Ahab, and are met with the just disgusting opulence. <laughs> she doesn't even pay attention. She's got her eyes on the prize. Yeah, you're going to the escape pods. Uh -huh. Hey, hey, B. Hey, hey, B, just real quick. B has fire in her eyeballs. Yeah, no, no, no. We're 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 on the same page. I want this fucker to die. But maybe, hang on, just one second. When we get in there, just so he doesn't suspect something is up. As soon as we get in there, B lets out a long sigh at that. I just we gotta we gotta stealth our way in, just in case. Get him talking for a second. So he doesn't suspect the fact that we got red clearance, and then we roll up, and then you can, you know, fucking rip off his neck and shit down his throat or whatever, whatever you want to do. I plan to. All right, good talk. And Jack continues floating. Actually, Jack's also going to trigger the gravity just in case. I feel like it's probably too late at this point, but um, just in case. Yeah, you could do that as you're passing through module two. Cool. So. You open the door to PMA-2B and are met with the load of bodies that are floating around in here, all in roughneck jumpsuits. And you can see through the viewport on the other door on the other side, Gavin Price tapping away on a panel to Escape Pod 2. Now, we knew he couldn't hear us the first time, right? We had to do the communicator panel thing. He heard B banging on the door and then was talking to you through the wall. 
Yeah, okay. Now, you do have the clearance to open that door. That's what I was going to say, is if we can, like, just stay out of his eye line. Because there's, there's no window in the door. Is there or is there? There is one to him, but there isn't one back. I remember that precisely. Yeah, there's not one into module two, but there is one into the escape pod array. Okay, yeah. I say we just sneak our way over there. Go ahead and open it. Just jump him as soon as the door opens. I'm on it. All right. Okay. Which I realize is the exact opposite of the thing that I just said, <laughs> but I I was thinking in the event that he sees us as we're doing stuff, we, we get him talking and distract him and then, you know, stealth our way in. But it depends on whether or not he sees us enter. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like you both. Jesus. Nope. Don't do it. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. What is the equivalent of stealth? Combat. It's the we automatically succeed. No. <laughs> I have military training. You have to let me use my military Actually, training. Actually, yeah. Stealth. You can use your military training. I finally training get to use my military this. training. First yeah. time, episode seven. Final episode. I get uh-huh. to use my military training. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. You get to breach. <laughs> yeah. Breach and clear. Yes. Uh, That's right. Breach and clear. And Jack will use his botany to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Zero G. Yeah. Yeah, that thing I still have. That thing. I will pilot myself over. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you roll with either speed or intellect. Cool. Okay. I'm going to go for speed. Um, I'm actually going to go for, for intellect because my intellect is one above my speed, which was a really stupid move when I was building my character. Uh, Jack has 49 speed, so hopefully. I have a work. I have a 43 with military training. <laughs> Now, I don't suppose you're going to give us advantage because we've been plotting this out. I don't need it. 27. Okay. I got a 21. That's a success. Okay. You managed to get to the door without him seeming to notice the movement beyond the viewport. You do speculate, though, that he's going to hear this door open. Oh, for sure. For sure. B's moving in immediately once that door opens. So then I started blasting. No, mm-hmm. we can't blast because then we blow up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not blasting. Believe me. He, he's dying by my hands. I will. Actually, real quick question about the laser cutter. I know that we've talked about this before, and I've completely forgotten because what is memory? Um, are, are we operating on, like, uh, dead space laser cutters that are, like, handheld, or is this, like, a big fucking backpack thing? Uh, I think... I think it's a it's like a big two-handed thing. Oh shit. Um, the laser cutter is two-handed heavy must recharge between shots. Reload is 1 hour. Jesus. Jeez. <laughs> uh 1 hour like if it's plugged into the power of like a ship or something or 6 hours if it's charging on solar. Oh my boy. god. <laughs> it's right. ridiculous. Uh, not I was thinking it was more it. like a like a. It welding. has six shots. Okay. <sighs> yeah, we can't risk that. I w- I was gonna say like you know we could, I could I could stand with it ready just in case. Um, but uh, we we can't fucking risk that. Jack will gently put down the laser cutter. <laughs> B hands him the shotgun. All right. What does B have? Her hands. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know I can only use this in the absolute last resort. Do what you have to do. All right. So you're both, I kind of imagine, standing either side of the door? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your red level clearance lights up. All you have to do is hit the panel to open it. 
Jack will gently tap it. And B immediately darts in yes. to grab Gavin by the throat with her mechanical fist. Go ahead and make a speed check. Yep. I'm going to use the purple dice. Hopefully they don't kill me. Uh, do I get to add anything military training athletics to it? You can add either military training both. or athletics. You can add both. It's the same. So, come on. Under a 42. That's uh, a 99. Oh. No, no. Oh, no. that's a critical no. fail. No, 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 no. No, real talk. I will take a picture of my oh, dice right gosh. now. It's a 96, not a 99. Holy it just looks like a 9 to me. Oh, God. All right. Okay. So it's just okay. a failure. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. I was going to be like, this is the most poetic fucking shit I've ever <laughs> seen in my been. life. It would have been. It would have been. But I misread my dice. It is a 96. Okay. Not okay. a 99. So your plan, shit. your plan was to rush in and just, like, tackle him, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still a fail, but, you know. Jack, what was your plan to, like, go in and shoot immediately or, like, kind of just mm -hmm. cover B? So... Uh, let me let me walk you through my thought process. Okay. Uh, which is, I guess, also technically Jack's thought process here. There's one of two things Jack foresees happening. Uh, one is that B is immediately successful, and she just fucking takes him out, and he's on the ground. Which is what I wanted. And in that case, he's probably still got the thing, the, the case in his hands. Yeah. Um, the other thought is something will happen and he will drop the case. And I don't know if uh, this is Dr. Horrible, Wonderflonium, do not bounce, but like, hmm. I would like to try and make sure that if it leaves his hands, it does not impact anything just in case. Gotcha. Um, so you want to grab it? Yeah, so it I want to grab G it. Still here. That's true. Yeah, I'm like y'all are floating. <laughs> that that I'd is. I say grab it anyway because we need it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Jack Jack is mostly prepared to grab it, and if it doesn't look like he's going to be able to grab it, then he will probably try and like pistol whip uh, Gavin if if he comes close. Okay, so like, you're you're like, trying to go for the case, probably don't. Like yeah. if we're if we're looking at this logically, the thing that we need out of this interaction is the case, not killing yeah. Gavin. Right. B is focused yeah. on killing Gavin but the point of this is to get the case. Got it. Okay, so you both go open the door and Gavin's head snaps around to look and you're going in and B, you push off, but your foot slips and you don't get the push that you want. So you're kind of drifting towards Gavin rather slowly. Damn it. Oof. Jack, you move into the room as well. Gavin looks up, his eyes dart between the two of you. He sees that you're holding a shotgun, Jack, and he reaches behind the yellow case and pulls out a combat shotgun of his own. Shit, I'm sorry, Jack. Um, and Jack, I need you to make a body save. I'm so sorry, Jack. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Failed by one. Oh, no. one. Okay. That's unfortunate. Uh, you immediately take a wound. Go ahead and roll a d10 for me. I'm so uh, sorry, Jack. Gunsh. Oh, hey. The app has all sorts of things that you can do. Uh, so I'm going to hit the gunshot. Yeah. Or is it gore and massive? No, it's gunshot. Okay. I got a 10. That's a headshot. I roll a death check. Yep. I don't know what that means, other than I got headshotted. Holy shit. Uh, um, death. Uh, so roll another d10. Uh, is it just... Well, I hear I can just roll a d10. Six. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So B, you're drifting forward, not like snail's pace, but not nearly as quickly as you intended. And Gavin turns and sees you guys fly into the room, reaches down, grabs a shotgun and kind of turns and from the hip fires it at Jack. And it kind of knocks him back into like the escape pod door. And you see blood just against the wall as Jack recoils and you see that his like entire side of his face is like torn away. It looks like it was just kind of a grazing shot, but he is definitely not moving. He screams. And she's still going for Gavin though. Okay. Like she's full of rage. Yeah. You eventually get to him. What do you do? Um, I've got my fists, so I'm gonna grab him by the throat if I can. Okay. With my left hand. Go ahead and make a combat check. Uh, you can use athletics, uh, or is there like a hand-to-hand combat skill? Military training, I suppose. <laughs> this is not quite. The, so there is a close quarters combat. Training. I have athletics, so yeah, you it could use really athletics. Matter. I don't have hand-to-hand. I chose firearms instead, but I can use athletics. So better than a fifty-nine. That is an eighty-two. Got it. Yeah, you try to grab him and he kind of is able to get an arm in front. So like his elbow is blocking you from like kind of getting too close and getting a good grip. And he kind of shoves you backward and is trying to turn the shotgun at you. I need you to make a body save. Okay, I'm not using the purple dice. That is a 31 and my body is a 32. (laughs) Bitch. We both rolled the same, but it's too odd. How about that? Yeah, you're able to, as he's like trying to raise his gun, you're actually able to get a leg up and kick the muzzle of the the shotgun away. So as it fires, it fires off to the side into the wall of the module. Bitch. Okay, do you need to make a roll to see if that fucking causes a breach? Uh, you know, I probably should. I've got an IVA suit. I don't give a shit, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, no, there's no home bridge. Okay. Nick, just as, like, a side thing, can you just, like, let me know when, like, Seabold is done with that conversation that, like, perhaps could know what's going on in this situation? Yes. So, um, yeah, okay. no, you cool. you would have gotten it done pretty quickly as long as it took us to, to roleplay it. So, um... Sure. Yeah, you hear the distant sound of, of gunshots. Okay, so, Nick... Can can the exoloader fit through the airlocks to get to the escape pod? Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Doctor Stabby the Roomba. Yeah. Doctor Stabby the Roomba. Doctor Stabby the Roomba. Yeah, it totally can. Okay. So, you know, I'm just I'm just asking because Seafold's absolutely getting in the exoloader to go that way. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> We don't even need to role play that out. Just know that that is what Seabold is doing, that he gets in an exoloader as he's done and just starts making his way to the escape pod. Yeah, sounds good. The original Gundam theme song starts playing. <laughs> I'm like, if you're going to put an exoloader in here and expect my character to not get in it, you fucking thought yeah, wrong. Totally. <laughs> so the thing is like kind of putting along in the zero G as you're kind of controlling it from behind and you start steering it towards module two. All right, now what? 
so B, you've kicked his gun to the side and uh, it kind of sends you drifting a little bit further away from him. Jack's combat shotgun is just floating, rotating slowly in the air next to where his body is floating. How close am I to it? Only a couple feet. I'll grab the combat shotgun and try to shoot Gavin with it. Okay, go ahead and roll a combat roll. I can use firearms, right? Yeah, you can. That's a 64 I got. And I rolled a 15. Okay. Kill him. Make him dead. Go ahead and roll a d10 for me. One. Okay. Yeah, the buckshot from this combat shotgun just kind of rips through his abdomen and uh, just millions of beads of red blood come pouring out both sides. uh, And he's holding it as blood is pouring. You killed him! You fucking insects! And he tries to shoot you back. You said he lost his shotgun. You knocked the barrel of it out of range, but he didn't didn't knock it it out of his hand. Yeah. I thought I knocked it way away. No, 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 no. Okay, body save? Make a body save. Oh no. That's an 88. I can't deny that one. That is an 88. You take a wound. Uh, go ahead and roll a d10 that is for a, me. That is a critical failure. That is a critical failure, huh? So that's a six on that, but it is a critical failure. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seabold. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, fuck it. Seabold, you steer the exoloader into module two and you are met with this view of just sheer and utter opulence. This is the first time you're seeing all of this. There's a pool down below. The water from it is now just floating in a giant undulating orb, but a massive LED screen, the entire size of the one side of the module is projecting the view of a shimmering Gulf of Mexico view. <laughs> and uh, you steer around that. You can see the suites of uh, you know the various luxury services up above, and you steer the exoloader over to the airlock. The door opens and you see a bunch of floating bodies in there, um, including two of your friends. And a man is packing a yellow case into an escape pod. Fuck you, you piece of shit. And Seabold is going to steer that exoloader straight at him and just try to fucking smash him into the wall. Hell yeah, let's go. Seabold's the one that kills him. Do it. I'm here for it. So... Go ahead and make a combat check, and you can add heavy machinery if you have it. Uh, let me see. Let's see. I do have industrial equipment. What about that? That would work. Okay, I'll add industrial equipment. All right. So what's the stat I'm rolling again? Uh, combat. Combat? Okay. That's a 19, baby. A success. Let's go. Yeah, you see that he was already holding his gut, and you just steer this exoloader in and just pin him to the wall with it, and he just goes... Bleh! and blood comes out and like the beads float across the air and kind of bounce off of you. (laughs) Thank you for killing him. And he goes, you fucking roughneck scum. And then he dies. (laughs) Fuck him. Fuck everything about him. I'm so glad he said, thank you, Seabold. Andy already loved Seabold, but now Andy loves Seabold more. (laughs) Seabold you are now in this room with the exoloader 
a dead Gavin Price. A dead bee who seems to have taken a shotgun blast to the face. Damn. Full on, there's not much left. And Jack seems to have also taken a shot to the face, although a grazing one, but he doesn't seem to be moving either. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. The yellow case is floating there. A case that has your salvation if you want it. Yeah. You can get out. Okay, so like, I think like there's a real moment here where I think Siebold, I think seeing all of the like pieces laid out in front of him, like there's a real moment where like Siebold plays out the entire scenario of grabbing the case, somehow managing to get the ship over to module nine um you know getting the device getting schreiber and getting out of the black hole saving delphine they have a very happy life after that point because delphine realizes that he was in front of her the whole time <laughs> uh-huh. and i think <laughs> seabold also at this point starts to like as, as like he's looking at b and and jack and just being like I think he's now decided that he's just going to let the loop reset and try <laughs> so that they can uh, make it out all together versus <laughs> versus just going alone. Oh, you sweet, wonderful boy. You've grown so much. Yeah, Seabold, you sit there. You feel the gravity slowly coming on a little bit. Just as a flavor thing here, Seabold, like, after making that decision, decides to go and, like, just vibe in, like, the admin habitation module. Yeah. <laughs> to just, like, at least enjoy that. Yeah. You no, know, I can't even be mad. I like that a lot. He's made his choice, yeah. but he wants a taste. Your red security clearance gives you access down into the natatorium, and you're able to sit on a chase lounge on the side of the pool. The orb of water is slowly descending back into the pool. And you're sitting here looking at the projection screen of the beautiful sunset over the Gulf of Mexico. Another 10 minutes or so pass and the entire ship shakes as there's an explosion. As you hear the beginning notes of Before I Disappear by Highland Rose. Download complete. Good morning, crew. It is 0214 Earth Standard Time on October 7th, 2133. At a solar orbit of positioning error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. Damn, Siebel. I did not expect that from you. Me either. That's awesome. I love it. I love that character. And you guys all wake up again on the stasis deck. He pops out. What the fuck happened? So looks like your diehard mission didn't go so well. But hey, just so you know, I did kill him. And Seabold's saying all of this as he's just autopiloting to go and get Delphine. You killed him? Stabilized. 
Yeah, I totally steered an exo loader into him. It was actually pretty badass. I wish you were alive to see it. I wish I was alive to see it too. That sounds pretty fucking good, Jack says as he opens the top of the thing. Sounds pretty fucking brutal. So he's got a shotgun. Well, he's got a shotgun. Yeah, he used it pretty effectively on y'all, I must say. Yeah, he sure did, didn't he? Well, um, hmm, nah. I was gonna say we could, uh, if we really felt like it, we could pop into StatSec and grab some of that riot gear, but uh, it's probably not worth it. Can we depressurize his and take the IVA suits and just suffocate well, him? I mean, that's the thing, right? Because he's also got red level clearance, so he can just stop doing it, I guess. Mm. Also, Jack is autopiloting to the pilot seat. Um, I mean, unless I hacked Isaac and removed his security level clearance. Ooh, I like I that. Mean, yeah. If you can uh, spoof yourself as Lawrence Johnson and remove his clearance, <laughs> just fucking vent him into... Well, I was going to say vent him into space, but then we lose that on the... Well, we need to just suffocate him, and if we can go in with our IVA suits, we can get the case, and he's dead, and... I will have to be okay with that. I I say let's do it. Um, if one of you wants to grab the IVA suits for us, I'll go ahead and start getting the ship over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. B does that. Okay. So, Jack, you don't waste no time getting up to the pilot's, pilot seat and powering up the ship. Um, uh, Seabolt takes care of Delphine. Um... B grabs uh, equipment and IVA suits. Uh, Seabold, you Combat grab anything shotgun, else? Combat shotgun, leaving the pulse rifle behind. Very important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I assume you guys are also taking, like, the same, um, the same like, emergency beacons and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The same load we do an extra revolver for Jack, emergency beacons, uh, foam gun, welder gun. I don't know the names of them at this point. That's I okay. stopped looking at the notes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I will say, uh, Jack does wait until he gets to the pilot seat to wipe off the cryo slime and crack the beer this time around. Gotcha. Um, one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time. Mm, no, I think Seabold is just vibing with a, whatever his standard equipment is. I don't think he's going to load up or anything. Okay. He knows he can do the exosuit, so... I mean, hey, we know the exoloader worked yeah. one time. Why wouldn't it work again? Yeah. That was fucking right as hell. That was fucking metal. All right. Let's fucking do it. Okay. So you're you're going to Module 9 again? Module or two, Module 3? Yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. You guys won't waste any time, and you actually arrive at the beginning of scene two. Cool. Seabold, so you want to you wanna talk to Dr. Schreiber again, get him to hold off on blowing shit up? Yep, yep, yep. And while I'm at it, I'll also try to hack Isaac. So, you know, just in case things don't go well for y'all. Thank you. Sounds great. Yep. Hey, real quick, Seabold. Um, just just so you know, uh, B's got a, uh, a backup of Ava on a zip disk. Uh, and looking over at B. Sorry, B, I got to tell him just in case. B nods. Immediately understanding. Yeah, if, if we don't get out of here... Um, like once Gavin is dead, go get that zip disk. Go load up uh, the old AI of, of Ava, just so that nobody else from the company has a way to hack into the ship and do weird shit. 
it's in my it's in my personal effects you will find it easily okay i will okay yeah seabold can grab that while the ship is in transit cool and you dock at module three radical this time b does not give jack the combat shotgun Pointedly. Yeah, it's not really a thing for me. Um, <laughs> hey, I tell you what though, uh, we get over there and I can, um, I can just uh, maybe hide behind something or like maybe take something over there just, just as a way, just in case uh, if he gets something out, and then I just grab the, grab the thing from him and go. I prefer that. All right, and then. Because this is uh, the Half-Life universe, I pull out the gravity gun <laughs> so that I can select his uh, his item and grab it away. <laughs> Ultra hand. You should <laughs> yeah. turn on Thank the you. gravity gun. Uh -huh. Yeah, I will turn on the gravity gun. I had to update your video game reference there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so you enter module three. Um, Seabold goes to the Isaac module, and you guys head on to module two. Seabold, go ahead and make me a computer roll. You can do it with advantage. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Advantage. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good laugh or not. Let me tell you this. This is so fucking funny. The, the number I needed to beat was 58. I rolled a 59 twice. Oh no. my god. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Can we so just much say like the, he got it? No. Much like the last <laughs> loop, you weren't able to gain your full access like you had previously. However, you do have normal red level security clearance access to Isaac. Which means you can still Son depressurize. Yeah, but he can turn it off. Yeah, I can't remove security clearance or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't I can't stop him from undoing what I did, basically. You also call Schreiber? Yeah. Yep. We can say that that plays out exactly the same as last time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I throw in maybe a, a little bit nicer language on this one because I'm like, you I wanna be kinder to Schreiber now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, he agrees to not blow up the reactor until basically the end of the loop. And then do you, you, like, same deal, grab the exoloader and start heading to Module 3? Yes. I guess with the uh, with with the idea being that there is nothing else here immediately in this module that appears useful. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, uh, like heavy equipment chests and, like, uh, light equipment chests. You've been through all of these. It's a lot of the same stuff you sure. already have. Um, that we already have on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just grabbing that exoloader yeah. and just. There are more throw. emergency beacons here. There's probably like six of them. Nah. All right. So Jack and B, you head once again into module two and head directly to the escape pods. What's the tactic this time? B wants, as far as combat is concerned, B wants to shoot him head on first off and then attack him by hand. Wow, but you got to be real careful with that that shooting with that thing because if you clip the uh if you clip that artifact it's gonna go up what do you suggest that i do then you know i because trying to get in close quarters meant he shot you yeah and that's not acceptable jack no but um i think what i am gonna do is uh just make a, a wall of corpses just uh 
float a bunch of corpses right in front of it so that when he opens a door it just looks like uh looks like a pile of dudes and then you know have you do what you gotta do and then I can just bust out from the the pile of dudes and go grab the go grab the box okay so I do need you both to make a stealth check going up so either speed or intellect um you can add uh, military training if you'd like uh, I will make a speed check 81 that's okay. a big fail <laughs> uh, I needed a 48 and got a 49 damn wow. that's a lot of that tonight we are yeah. not rolling well wait hang on I thought no my speed is a 49 and I got a 49 why did that fail meets it does not beats it I guess I think meets it should beat it no, I, the the rules the rules, if I recall, are written. You have to roll below your stat. I think it's the, I think it's that you have to roll under. Yeah, yeah. It's lame. That's that is yeah. an edgy choice, mothership. This is, the, this is the only game system where meets it doesn't beats it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were trying to roll above the DC, I think it makes more sense. But it's since you're trying to roll below it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's fine. Um, fine. That if this is the only thing I'm salty about about this game, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. Um, yeah, you guys are approaching, and maybe it's when Jack starts trying to move some bodies to make a barricade. But Gavin catches movement out of the corner of his eye and is turning to to look at you guys through the window. He kind of smirks in that shit-eating way, and over the intercom is going to say, "B and Jack, you two have a way of showing up where you don't belong, don't you?" Open the damn door, Jack. Yeah, I'll, I'll tap the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot. Yeah, um, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and make a speed check first. Me or B or both? Uh, just B, because Jack, I imagine you're opening the door, but you're kind of like staying around the the side of the door, so you're out of out of line of sight. Yeah. Can I add anything to it? Uh, you can add uh, military training. Thank you. It's an eight. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, go ahead and make, as soon as the door opens, you, you raise your gun and fire. Go ahead and make combat check. You can add your firearms. So that is plus 15, so that means... He didn't immediately pick up his gun because he didn't know you had clearance. He was going to taunt you again like the last time. 43 out of 64. I shoot that motherfucker. Yeah, you do. Roll a d10 for me. Three. Yeah, so you're aiming a little high. Yep specifically so you don't hit the case yep. um, and what you don't hit his head you kind of hit his shoulder mm -hmm. and you see the shot as he like kind of turns to try and dodge it the buckshot just kind of tears through his bicep and you actually hear a crack and then his his arm is now like floating at a weird angle good kind of hanging on by sinew okay. um, and he curses loudly fuck I want to grab his head with my mechanical arm he is gonna reach down with his other arm to grab his shotgun and I wish he wouldn't turning he to wouldn't. shoot. Um, I need you to make a <laughs> I wish he body wouldn't. save. Nine. Nice. Yeah, his one arm is like kind of like flopping freely, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's reaching down with his other arm and he kind of turns clumsily to like level it at you, but it's one-handed and he's he's in a huge amount of pain and with your mechanical arm you just backhand the barrel away um and yeah go ahead and make your combat check 
Can I add military training or athletics to it? It's the uh, same either way. Yeah, either one. Three. Yeah. I grab his head. My goal is to smash his head against the side of the, the wall, so. Okay, with a three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you do it. Is there like standard damage for. There is an unarmed attack. There is an unarmed attack. Yeah. If you... But does that include mechanical fists? Probably not. I was going to <laughs> account for that. Okay. Um, if you open up the handy dandy mothership app. Oh, that's. <laughs> I haven't opened uh... up the manual all night. Oh, yeah, under damage. Unarmed does strength divided by 10 damage. Strength divided by 10, so that would be about four damage. Because my strength is 38. So it does 3.8 damage. So round yeah, we'll up call to it four. we'll call it four. But you know what? Because it's your arm, yep. we'll call it double that. Hell yeah. So eight. Yeah, you take his head and smash it into the wall and you hear a thud and a reverberation um, and his nose starts bleeding immediately and you see like that side of his face like swell up almost instantly. I do it again. Okay. Well, he's going to try to get out of your grasp. Jack would like to, because we've established now that his good arm is the one with the shotgun, that means his bad arm has to be the one with the box. Yeah, well, the um, box is, he's, he doesn't actually have the box in his hand. Oh. It was floating next oh, okay. to him when he was working on stuff and he didn't grab it immediately. Oh, man. Jack was just going to yank his arm off with the box ah. on it, but if the box is just floating there, I'll just grab the box. <laughs> as much as I do love the image of you just rending free his arm. <laughs> no, he wasn't trying to hold it. Yeah, you slip up and grab it really easy, just yoink. If I still have action left, I'd love to kick him in the balls, but I get the feeling I don't. Yeah, you could probably get a kick in. Uh, I don't have military training. I you can do it for whatever. free. I do have... Okay, Don't I got a shitty combat attack. <laughs> you can do it for free. It's only going to do like one damage, but it's going to hurt a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Because Jack's strength is 48, as it turns out. Oh, shit. Um, Holy shit. How is everyone's stats better than mine? How bad did I roll? <laughs> I don't know, dog. Um, But yeah, so that's why I figured you might want to make me roll to, to see if I do five damage to his balls. Uh, but if you just want to give me one for free, it's really just the flavor of kicking him in the nards. Yeah. Yeah, he grunts, yeah. but uh, beyond that, uh, B has him, like, pinned. Uh, I kind of imagine B's palming his head like a basketball and, like, has it yep. pinned against the wall. Basically what I had in mind. Seabold, that's about when you turn the corner with the exoloader. <laughs> a very different scene than the last time you did this. Seabold is just like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, you just hear him audibly say that. <laughs> this encourages B. Do I get advantage? <laughs> yeah, you Seabold know what? Unfortunately, did not take levels in Bard, so no. yeah, you could have advantage. <laughs> Hell yeah, fucking same fucking military training combat roll. Yep. So that is a fifty-seven. So that already passes. Oops. And that is an eighty-nine. So fifty-seven out okay. of fifty-nine. Okay. But you still succeed. Yep. I was hoping for a crit, but you know. We don't always get what we want. Don't always get what you want. But we get what we want. <laughs> if we try sometimes. Right. <laughs> we just might find. And we did. 
So yeah, yeah. It's also another eight damage. Yep, eight damage. Yeah, no, he stops moving. <laughs> yeah, with one last slamp, his head just smashes like a pumpkin under the pressure of your mechanical arm. You know, have you ever seen those hydraulic press videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah. That. We have ADHD, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Seabold, you turn the corner basically just to witness that. Hell yeah. Now, that's what I'm talking about. I'm glad I let y'all get another try. Can I high-five the exosuit? <laughs> sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII fanfare plays, and no. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like metal on metal clang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're there. All right. You get a dead body floating there. Fuck him. Fuck did you guys turn the gravity back on? Yes. Siebel, did you turn the gravity back on at, at- Jack did. Or Jack did? Okay. I, so, I think Jack yeah. did, yeah. Okay. Um, Does he have anything on his body? Jesus, we're not looting the body. No, but you know what? We should bring it along just in case. I don't know. He's rich. You fucking loot goblin. Look, I'm going to leave here with something, all right? All right, all right, all right, all right. Take his credit card. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we probably should. Um- Nick, unless you stop us, when we get back to the ship, uh, do we get back to the ship? So, <laughs> you head back. Um, are you are you taking Price's body? I I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So you grab the yellow hard case and Price's body. You could toss his body on the exo loader. That makes it easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because like gravity is slowly coming back. Yeah. So, you go back into module three. Mm-hmm. And you see that there is a figure walking across it towards you. It's a fucking synth with the fucking goddamn... A female body. But her entire upper torso and head is concealed by tentacle. Oh, god damn it. B immediately takes position in front of it with the shotgun. And okay. says, get to the ship. You two, get to the ship. All right. Don't you have an emergency beacon, right? Oh, yeah. I'm chucking an emergency beacon at it. Okay. You chuck the emergency beacon, and it starts pinging. And as it's striding towards you, one of the tentacles reaches down and scoops up the beacon and curls it towards itself as it's continuing walking towards you guys. And you see the bioluminescence on that tentacle flare slightly, and you see its body embolden as it seems to be siphoning the electricity, not only through it, but through the synth body as well. I shoot it. Okay, make a combat roll with firearms. Just for flavor, Seabold's like, all right, we'll abandon that idea. <laughs> Drive the XL over. 96, that's a failure. Okay, you fire a shot, but it goes wide and the figure's posture bends forward slightly as it quickens its pace. Jack and Seabold. Yeah, I mean, Jack's gonna look at Seabold and go, Fucking set the set the auto loader to to fucking ram into the thing. Get off it. Uh, and Jack will start running and pull out a revolver and try and shoot it as well. Okay, go ahead and make a combat roll. Uh, so for the I think the first time in this game, uh, Jack has a successful shot with the revolver. Wow! Um, I got a thirty and I needed a thirty-nine. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, go ahead and roll damage. Uh, it's. Eight damage. Eight damage. Okay. 
So yeah, um, it, are you aiming for the organism or the synth? Uh, I, oh God, that's actually a good point. Um, I guess I'm gonna aim for the synth because if we kill the body, maybe it'll have to, well, I guess, yeah, the one time we've seen it pilot a, a dead body, it wasn't quite as beefy. So right. yeah, I'll, I'll shoot for the synth body. Eight yeah, damage. you deal eight damage. The bullet hits the body, which like twitches and recoils slightly, but she only just barely breaks her stride. Siebel. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna like try to send the exoloader over that way and just try to like send it as fast as I can while also like getting out of it. You put a brick on the gas pedal and jump out. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's the move. That's the move. It's it's essentially sure. that. It's the action movie trope. Sure, sure, we, we, sure. We need to hit more tropes in this finale. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, action thriller, action thriller. Let's go. <laughs> action thriller. Listen. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a speed roll for me, and you can add industrial equipment. Okay, just so y'all know, speed is my second lowest stat. I have two stats tied for lowest with 36. Speed is 37. So, y'all better hope. You got industrial got like and three. equipment there. Guess what? I rolled a 69. Nice. nice. No. But not nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you like rev this thing up and it like gets up to top speed a whopping 20 miles an hour. Sheesh. <laughs> but uh, you're able to like push the thruster all the way forward and then like snap off the joystick and then you jump off the back. Uh, and it cruises forward, and the thing just steps out of the way. <laughs> Shit! Get into the ship! Go! Uh, Seabolt's gonna try to, after that, try to go for a crate with some equipment in it to get some kind of gun. Okay. Get into the ship! Go! Yeah, Seabolt, you're near the heavy tools chest. So you can dive towards that. Yep. The creature is launching forward and is going to attack B. B, go ahead and make a body yep. save for me. I knew that was going to happen. I told you my theories and I know that they're correct. 39 out of 32. Yeah. Uh, you're going to take 21 damage. 21. Okay. So that's a wound and... And the tentacle that reached out actually wrapped around your mechanical arm in particular. Mm -hmm. I knew it. And kind of holds it tight and the servos and actuators and the joints and stuff strain as it's holding at an odd angle. But then you feel it lose power. Yep. Um, Get to the ship, go! Leave me! Jack is running towards the ship. Uh, B. What do you do? Shoot it. I'm gonna shoot the monster. Sure. It's still hanging under your your mechanical arm. You're able to I'll kind shoot of... off my mechanical arm. Shoot off your mechanical arm. Yeah. Okay. You you could do that. Um, you give yourself one wound, but for free. I'll trade Joe wound for being not grappled anymore. I'll do it. Yeah. You kind of angle the muzzle of the combat shotgun, which isn't too terribly hard. It's not as long as like a hunting shotgun. It's kind of like sawed off by default. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're able to push the muzzle against your shoulder, against the ball joint, and 
and you pull the trigger and your ears ring with that tinnitus high-pitched whine but the buckshot just travels completely through the carbon fiber and mechanics of your arm completely separate yep um and probably taking a good chunk of tentacle as well good Um, what i hoped for but you are now free and one less arm what was in the crate that Seabold opened again? Basically, any tools you can think of are there, mm-hmm. including a laser cutter. Is the laser cutter something that, like, needs a whole, like, load-up kind of thing? No, it's kind of, like, set up and ready to go, but between shots. Um, sure. Uh, okay, so the way it works is uh, it can shoot 12 times before reloading, and uh, mm-hmm. it needs to take one round to charge between firing. And then after you fire those 12 shots, it has to recharge for a day. Um, that's the old okay. book, though. I don't know. Actually, let me look. Do I have the info, that info on from the new PDF in front of me? Yeah, I thought you said earlier it It might uh, have six. They might have six did it times. at six. It has six shots, yeah. 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 And then either it takes an hour if it's plugged in. Uh, yeah, an hour if it's plugged hours. in or, yeah, 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 that's correct. They updated that info. Sure. Editions. I got two different editions sitting in front of me, so. Okay. Yeah, I think Seabold's going to go for a shot with the laser cutter sure. with the idea that if this misses, he's going to book it. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead and make a combat roll, and you can use your heavy machinery. Okay. Or industrial equipment, whatever whatever it's called. Industrial equipment. Uh, just to let everybody know, uh, combat is my lowest stat uh, tied with strength. So let's hope for the best. I rolled a 20. <gasps> Hell, Hell yes. yeah, boy! Let's see how much damage does that do. 1d100 damage. Sweet Christ. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fucking destroy it. Do you want me to roll damage? Okay. (laughs) You might roll one. Uh, If you do, lie. Oh, gosh. I have to add it to my weapons first so I can roll damage on the app. Hold on. Damage. Laser cutter. 46. Nice. Um... Yeah, so you pick up the laser cutter and, like, pull the trigger and, like, kind of in an arcing motion and just sever, I think, three tentacles off of this thing and kind of clip the shoulder of the synth a little bit as well, um, definitely dealing more than one wound. All right, B, that's all I can do. I got to go. This is going to take an hour to reload. Oh, no, no, no. You can shoot it six more times. Oh. You just got it. You can only shoot it once per round, though. Oh, it's okay. Like a... And then that's your turn. <laughs> all right i mean least what's the range on this thing again? uh pretty long it's or i think Enough. they just call it long range i mean b's been telling okay. you guys get to the ship and leave her yeah so. i'm gonna keep making my way out with the idea that like maybe i can try to hopefully save b as i'm <laughs> so as soon as there's another opportunity to shoot just know that he will, while also getting yeah uh jack jack is continuing to book it towards the ship okay hopefully he is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get to the airlock this round. Cool. Yeah, I will I will do that and then just start making his way in. Okay. You get in there and you are you is the plan to go up to the pilot seat and get ready to power up the ship? Yeah, I think as he's running in, he's gonna try and oh shit, I don't know if he can do this. I was gonna say try and use his uh, hand terminal to call Dr. Schreiber, but I don't know if he can do that without having already set that up through Isaac. Yeah, you gotta do that through Isaac. Alright. Um, no, then... Well, we have Isaac on the ship. I mean, we we do, but we don't 
know that? Or yeah, I don't we know, know if we that. We know that? that at this point. No, I mean, we know that, but I don't know if we can access it. Do it. Try it. Uh, well, only one way to find out. Um, yeah, Jack will go, uh, hey, Isaac, pretending to be Ava, can you uh, patch me through over to uh, Dr. Schreiber on the space station? Team lead Pilsner, I don't know what you mean. <sighs> Ava, please don't do this right now. <laughs> we, we know that you're... Oh, God damn it. This is a fucking 2001 Space Odyssey. Um, Open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> Please let me do that. Um, Ava, do, do you have access to uh, Dr. Edsel Schreiber's uh, hand terminal over on the station we're docked to? Can you can you patch us through using the, the Isaac AI that is on the station? I'm sorry, Team Lee Pilsner. I don't know what you're talking about. about. Um, yeah, he'll start heading up to the pilot seat. Okay. All right. Uh, B. Can I use the combat shotgun with one arm? Yeah, it's going to be a little tougher, though. I start backing towards the ship, but I'm... Well, okay, no, stop. What is the situation right now? Seabold is backing his way up to the ship as well, but he's holding the laser cutter. And then you're kind of doing the same now with uh, the shotgun. The creature was kind of in the middle of the module attacking you. So it's like only like a few feet away from you and you can like pivot around it and start heading towards the ship. Jack, you had the box, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to shoot it, but head towards the ship. Yeah, you could do that. You can run and shoot. Okay. I will say that your shot needs to be made with disadvantage because you're trying to shoot a shotgun one-handed. Yeah. And you saw Price fail at doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. Firearms added to combat? Yes. I fail. It's a 74. Okay. Yeah. So you pivot around and as you're like kind of jogging your way over there, you try to level the gun at the creature and fire, but it goes wide because you're not able to place it. Seabold, mm-hmm. take another shot. All right. Here we go. That's a 59, I feel. Okay. Shot goes wide. The creature is going to lunge at B. B, make a body save. Okay. 78, I fail. Okay. It has grabbed you with its tentacles, and you take another 21 points of damage. I am dead, but before I die, I just shout, Go! Okay. B, I'm so sorry. Seabolt, you see B spasming and goes limp in the creature's tentacles, which then turns to look at you. I screamed, go. Yeah, no, as soon as Seabold's shot went wide, he now fully turned his attention to like booking it. I think like seeing this, he just kind of like looks over his shoulder as like the sound of B getting like crushed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The creature goes to make pursuit, but Seabold, you're able to get into the airlock. Cool. Jack, move the ship. Hopefully. As soon as Seabold gets into the ship, uh, he kind of talks over the communicators. It's like, okay, go. Yeah, Jack does it. Hey, Seabold. When we get get over to Module 9, I need you to go ahead and do the the thing we talked about earlier, all right? 
the Ava wipe? Yeah, that one. Why do we have to wait till we get to module nine? Uh, presumably we need an operating system while I'm driving the ship. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. That's fine. That's more me talking, probably, not Seabold. Okay, yeah, that was yeah cool. As long as we don't talk about wiping Ava while on the ship where Ava is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, Jack is trying to... Uh, get us over to module nine okay um you disengage the ship and begin flying it over cool i'm assuming you're both on the bridge because people probably would have came down to there from the forward airlock yeah i, I think that would be the most natural thing for him to do at that yeah moment, is to go to the bridge okay hull breach detected in port airlock yeah Hey, Seabold, I, I'm gonna need you to take care of that. I don't, uh, I don't care what you have to do, but uh, we gotta, we gotta take it out. Yeah, great. Okay. Um. Shit. And IVA suits. Why do you care? That's my thought. I mean, we care about it getting into the ship and killing us. Yeah. But I mean, if you gotta blast through the whole of the ship, we probably have time to fix it. Movement detected on deck eight. Uh, Ava, I'm gonna need you to lock all the decks below this one. Certainly, Team Lead Pilsner. Locking bulkhead hatches. Well, maybe that'll slow it down. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of fucked because we can't get down there to the storage. Our tool and weapons locker is down below it. That's okay. Yeah. I have. Okay. Seabold does not. Bulkhead to deck five breached. Seabold, you realize that's where Delphine is. <gasps> I'm gonna do a roll real quick just for you. Yeah. I'm sorry, I should stop talking. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tanner's been really good about not talking this whole time. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is there anything is there anything in the bridge as like a last minute like protect the bridge kind of weapon jack's pistol <laughs> uh jack's two pistols ah okay yeah so the role i went for was to decide if seabold is going to be stupid here and seabold is going to be stupid here Hell yeah because he rolled a 69 um, yeah so seabold is going to grab a pistol to um yeah, I mean, like, try to make his way down. I mean, they gotta go that way anyway, but he's definitely gonna try to defend Delphine if that is where Okay. Yeah, so you grab your pistol and start descending below. Yep. Oh, before he leaves out, out of here, he'll actually leave the uh, zip drive with uh, Jack. Great. Here, I figure you might need this. I appreciate it. So, Seabold unseals the bulkhead to deck two and descends. And then three, and then four. Jack, you're docking the ship now at module nine. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and load the zip drive into wherever it needs to go on the bridge. Um, and say, Ava, go ahead and um, run the program on here to, uh, to go ahead and restore your backup. I'm sorry, Team Lead Pilsner. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Great. Ava, can you do me a favor? Uh, when I head through the uh, forward airlock onto the station, would you go ahead and disengage? Certainly, Team Lead Pilsner. Great. Appreciate you. Uh, and he does that. Uh, he will go to the forward airlock and hopefully watch the ship drift off into the abyss. Sorry, Siebel. Sorry, Delphi. Yeah, you exit into Module 9 and the airlock door shuts behind you and disengages and begins floating away. Seabold, you're on deck four. You open the hatch to deck five and you see the creature looming over Delphine's pod, its tentacles wrapped around the conduits and it seems to be drawing energy from the entire stasis pod system. Okay. Hmm. And I know that Jack disengaged the airlock. I hope not. Probably not. Okay. So, go ahead and make an intellect check with advantage. Okay. We'll see if you notice just from, like, the behavior of the ship. Sure. Which Seabold is, like, pretty tuned in. Sure. Uh, that's a crit success. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you actually feel the lurch of the ship docking, the clamps engaging. And then less than a minute later, you feel it disengage. Yeah. Has it, like, just started feasting on this thing, or is it, like, almost done? No, there's a lot there. It's not remotely done. Sure. Okay. And the monster does not know I'm there, right? Like, it's just, like, so focused. It seems preoccupied with this massive source of energy. If it notices you, it didn't react immediately. Sure. You see it's missing several tentacles from where you slice them off with a laser. Yeah. Like, how how close to death does this thing look? It's hard to say. Sure. I think Seabold is, like, kind of watching this happen for a few seconds and kind of loses his nerve, I think, seeing this creature controlling the uh, synth and uh, destroying the stasis pods. I think Seabold actually starts crying watching the stasis pods be consumed and um, doesn't really say anything but starts floating down to go to the airlock below. Okay. Jack. Yep. You're on module nine. Yep. Is the Isaac terminal busted this time around? No. No, because we didn't come here. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna go to the Isaac terminal real quick and go, hey Isaac, can you um can you patch me over to uh Dr. Schreiber's hand terminal real quick? Certainly. Contacting Dr. Schreiber's hand terminal. And it rings and he goes, Hello? Hey, Dr. Schreiber, this is uh, this is Jack Pilsner. Um, I believe you talked to my associate here. I'm I'm another one of the folks stuck in the time loop. Uh, I'm I'm coming up to you. I got the artifact. Uh, we might need another way off the ship, but uh, I figured I'd ask. You've got the alien vessel in Module Nine B, right? I do. And you got all the the stuff that drives it, right? I do. You know how to drive that thing? Not per se, but I could perhaps figure something out. I think it's time we uh we blow this pop stand in the hottest rod we got out here in space. See you in a sec. 
and uh, Jack starts heading up. Okay. You head up. Dr. Schreiber is entering Module 9 from Module 10. It looks like you caught him right before he was about to blow. Good. Dr. Schreiber, this is the uh, the artifact you're looking for. I don't know if Gavin... Um, I've gotten the alien off the ship, or off the station. I mean, our choices here, I think, are either to go and try and drive the alien ship or see if we can book it across the station over to the escape pod array, but I don't think we have time for that. Um, all right. Well, first things first, and he reaches into a pocket and pulls out the device. Yeah, uh, and Jack will hand over the box. Schreiber will open it, see that there is, in fact, the one he was looking for, and he sighs with relief. He picks it up. It's glowing green, illuminating your faces, and snaps it into the light device. And he locks eyes with you. You know if he hits this button, B's not coming back. Yeah. And Seabolt, probably not either. Yeah. Uh, in, in his mind, Jack plays through a number of scenarios with all of them. Um, and he's like, well, deep in my heart, I knew, uh, I knew I wasn't good enough for them, so might as well prove it, I guess. Let's hit it. Schreiber hits the button. And there's not an immediate noticeable change. But Schreiber nods and tucks the device in his pocket. He goes, let us get to the ship's end. Yeah, I guess if we're out of the loop, we might have time to make it to the escape pods, but I don't know, I wouldn't trust it. Uh, if we can make that alien ship work, it's going to make a, it's gonna make it a whole lot more credible when we show up somewhere saying, hey, we, uh, we found some alien shit. All right. I cannot activate the fastest and light capabilities of it. Um, we haven't been able to figure that out. That would have been an easy way to escape this mess, but um, I should be able to at least figure out the rudimentary controls. All right. And, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little rusty at it, but I am a pilot. Let's see what I can do to help. All right, let's go. You have a 1998 Apple MacBook. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it is your name, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> All right, so you follow him from Module 9 into... PMA 9B and the door opens beyond that into module 09B and you see this is just one huge room it's incredibly bright in here like the doors open and it almost looks like fucking heaven light and you see the light is emanating from this massive ring like object that seems to be twisted in its shape but as you watch it its form is like kind of undulating, almost impossible to follow its twists and turns with your eye as it's creating this loop. As Schreiber steps up to it, he reaches into the case and pulls out one of the green objects and snaps off the one that you used for the black hole and snaps this one into the device and hits a button. And you see the entire ring-like ship shift slightly and fibers of its being uh, as it's kind of shifting and rotating the side of it just kind of opens and Schreiber will step up inside of it Jack will follow the creatures that designed this were very strange um, beings almost made entirely out of light their technology is also comprised of tangible light 
since we don't fully understand, um, it also exists across dimensions. Um, we will see if I can figure out how to make this work with this device that I have. And uh, there's not really seats, but you can see like weird twisting appendages of like hard white light coming down in various patterns. And Schreiber moves up to one and snaps like these green twisted objects in certain places and is going to start fiddling around with his device that's like flashing things in different locations and nodes and you see different aspects of the ship begin to alight the walls in front of you become translucent showing the inside of the hangar and the entire ship beneath your feet begins to hum with a vibration Seabold, you're heading down to the lower airlock Seabold is trying to get the fuck off this ship okay um, so you're in your IVA suit. You're just planning on hopping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get down to the airlock and enter it. The door closes behind you and opens in front of you, which as the doors open, the black hole, boom, huge. Uh, you get to see it with your own eyes the way Jack did. And then suddenly there is a flash of green light and suddenly the black hole is imperceptibly small. Cool. You push off. Mm-hmm. You drift off into the void. Jack, you're on this alien ship, and as Schreiber is fiddling with things, there is like a twisting appendage of glowing white light that alights with green at the top and there's something about it that just kind of draws your attention hey Dr. Schreiber what is that thing? I'll point over to it um we were never able to determine it it's keyed to this uh, artifact here um and he points up to it you should be able to intuit some functionality if you touched it oh really? uh alright Uh, And Jack will go touch it. Yeah, Jack, you touch it, and your brain feels like the one time you bought weed on Luna in the slums, and that shit was laced with something. (laughs) This is a weird-ass high that has very trippy elements to it. It's almost as if space and time folds around you as you touch this thing and your perception zooms way out and uh, everything kind of fades away to nothing uh, and you're kind of in just this like white void but you see pinpricks of light kind of all around your perception your consciousness and that's when you begin to notice patterns things you recognize the station for one it's kind of spiraled out in this like weird way that seems to be folding in and over itself. It almost looks as if you are seeing the three-dimensional space-time around you in a higher dimensional way, in a way that the human brain isn't really able to comprehend. But in doing so, two things, two familiar things, some distance away from you, two pinpricks of light somewhat near each other are visible to you and like almost asking to be reached out and touched. I mean, can I see what they are aside from pinpricks? Not really, but there's like a sense of familiarity to them. Huh. Well, uh, made it this far. Uh, nothing to it but to do it. He'll, uh, he'll reach out and uh, poke them. 
yeah, you do so, and suddenly your vision snaps back. But there is a flash of white light, and you see this, like, warping of space-time kind of around you. Seabold, there's a flash of white light as everything around you collapses into a singularity before you, and it's almost like a flashbang in front of your eyes. And as this white light fades, you are now inside a strangely shaped cockpit with Jack and Dr. Schreiber and Delphi, who is still unconscious, but slumped against the wall. Yeah, so Seabold kind of is... <gasps> and immediately is, like, kind of looking around, sees Delphine, and is like, oh my gosh, and, like, just immediately starts going over, like, doesn't give a fuck about anything else to, like, try to make sure that Delphine is okay. Jack will um, give a familiar look. The, uh, the look from Disco Elysium. <laughs> uh, told you I had a plan, Seabold. And just smiles. And that's when your hand terminals begin pinging. Bing, 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 bing. You s- oh, I bet. You seem to have connection to the Omninet again. Oh, boy. All right. Um... And one of those messages is from Cameron Radom. Dear crew, I programmed this message to automatically send to each of you if I miss three consecutive check-ins. So, if you are watching this video, it means that I am probably dead. And if that is the case, um then I have a lot of explaining to do. I think that it's best to start off with, uh, I'm sorry. I never wanted to hurt any of you or get you all pulled into this mess. But, if it isn't obvious at this point, I am with the labor reform group Seize Back the Sky. I always prided myself on getting the job done as efficiently and quietly as possible to keep you all out of this. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is that these operations tend to come with a not-so-small level of risk. Uh, despite being good at what I do, since uh, you all are watching this video, it means that there was risk, and I did fail, and you all are either in danger or were in danger. Um, Believe me when I say that I care about each and every one of you. Um, I just, I kept things from you all for everybody's benefit. So I'm sorry for that. Um, I guess um, I should explain why I did what I did. We could be using space to travel and explore and document new worlds and achieve scientific discovery. And instead, we're using it to strip mine the solar system as a means of generating revenue streams for those in power. Humans are reduced to material goods. Schools are designed to create workers. Workers are used to make five people obscenely wealthy. The technology is out there. AI has the potential of benefiting so many lives, but instead it's used to exploit people for the sake of saving corporations just a little bit of money on their bottom line. We all deserve better. A person should be able to get proper medical training and mental health counseling without needing to constantly be at the will of a ship or else they lose their livelihood. 
a widower should be able to grieve the death of her husband instead of having to immediately go back to work because she has no other options and her well-being is taken from her. A soldier should be able to have a top-of-the-line prosthetics that aren't connected to a private insurance company meant to price gouge you of every single last cent. Even worse than all of this, we have brainwashed future generations into thinking that these parasites are not just amazing, but they are something that you should aspire to be. Seabold, listen to me when I say this. You are worth so much more than the virus named Orson Krauss. He is a parasite that leeches the life force from society. You can be better. You are a genius engineer. You have the means to change so much for the better. In time, I just, I hope that you can see what I see. You are better than Orson Krauss in every conceivable way. Delphine, you have a wonderful gift. Please do not give it all to people who will devalue you and exploit you. You have the potential to do so much and go so far. Spread your wings, Thunderbird. Jack, you are one of the greatest captains I have ever known, and this world has been so shitty to you. You should know that you don't deserve nearly as much of it as you think that you do. I promise. Please don't drink your life away and let society claim you through the bottom of the bottle. Um... B... Um... There's a lot I would like to say. Um... I'll just end by saying that, um... Those feelings were real and, uh... It would have been nice if it could have turned into something. Um... I wish it could have. But, well, that is a lot of emotion for um, something that will probably never, never be needed, you know? Um, <laughs> I'll just end this by saying that I have no regrets for joining Seas Back the Sky or any of the work that I do with them. We deserve better. We do not have to accept the reality that the capitalist and con artist envisioned for us. To my crew, I love you all, um, goodbye, and good luck. Enhance your life with the new Omniphone X30 by Ether. The only fully CNI compatible hand terminal for it. We interrupt this advertisement with some breaking news. A massive data leak this morning claims to contain details of a secret space station and the deadly act of corporate sabotage that has embroiled two super corporations under investigation. Labor reform activist group Seize Back the Sky has claimed responsibility for the leak. The data, which was released publicly across numerous channels on the Omninet, outlines a nearly 20-year-old secret Valkyrie operation deep within the Kuiper Belt. 
Project Continuum, a multifaceted effort to reverse engineer the technology of an alleged alien spacecraft. The leak itself comes as an apparent act of corporate sabotage from Orson Grouse pet project, Ether. The data outlines how Ether, under the direct orders of Grouse, infiltrated the station with the goal to steal Valkyrie research, resulting in 44 individuals dead or missing. Claims online of the involvement of a hostile alien organism have not been substantiated. There are four confirmed survivors of the Continuum incident, Dr. Edsel Schreiber, a physicist on Valkyrie's payroll, and three crew members of third-party cargo hauler SMS-108, Jack Pilsner, Delphine Gallagher, and Siebold Sanderson. Crew members Beatrice Saunders and Cameron Redham tragically did not survive. Pilsner, Gallagher, and Sanderson remained under Seas Back the Sky protection. Sanderson made the following statement this morning. Really, I think we're just tired of seeing these out-of-touch, uber-rich CEOs like Orson Grouse and the like who sit here and come on shows like this and news outlets like this and say that they are the innovators and disruptors of society when really they have built their empire off of the backs of the people that they exploit. And as someone who has bore witness to that exploitation, I hope to see justice served. Neither Valkyrie nor Ether representatives were available to comment. Black hole at the edge of our solar system vanished as suddenly as it appeared after 89 minutes. Experts say an object that massive, that close to our sun, could have grave consequences for the gravitational stability of the solar system. However, the anomalous black hole vanished before any immediate effects could be observed. The orbits of many astronomical objects in the solar system, including millions of asteroids, may have been affected in ways that will not be observable for hundreds of years. Asteroid impact threat assessments are being conducted on thousands of asteroids, and early warning detection systems are being recalibrated. Hey everyone, Nick here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to Fables Around the Table Continuum. It's been a blast letting my creativity loose on this project, but I look forward to getting back to Voidfarer. I miss it as much as you do. Thank you to my talented cast and incredible friends who volunteered their time and voices. I know I asked a lot. Huge shout out to Highland Rose and Northern Weather. Check out our Patreon and Discord, all credit and links down below, and see ya on the next Fable. But first... Chief Inspector Henry Evans, Aeneas Insurance Group, March 15, 2138, 8.44 a.m. Policyholder Cygnus Navigation, LLC, account number 3202, claim number 221236. Mr. Pilsner, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, well, it's easier to just go along with you guys than it is to try and get out of this, because let me tell you, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking deal with Signav any more than you probably do, bud. Be that as it may, uh, let's get into things. The sooner we can get into them, the sooner we can be over this mess. Amen. To start, can you, um, state your full name for the record, please? 
My uh, full name is Jonathan Patience Pilsner. All right. Mr. Pilsner, do you understand this conversation is being recorded and your statements here will be used in the assessment of Cygnus Navigation's insurance claim? I mean, I don't think I've gone a day in my life without everything being recorded, but yeah, man, I got it. And do you affirm that your statements will be truthful to the best of your recollection? <sighs> yes, yes, yes. Come on, man. I, what, what is this? Like, I haven't worked for Signav in so long. What, what the fuck is this? It's just procedure, uh, if you bear with me. You worked for Cygnus Navigation from January 12th, 2131, when they inherited your existing contract from Herma Boltoff Limited, until October 6th, 2133, the day of the continuum incident, is that correct? Yes, that was correct. During that time, you were operating as team lead of the vessel Synergistic Management Services 108, under a lease-to-ownership contract with Cygnus Navigation, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's also correct. And can you confirm for us that the legally recovered flotsam sitting on this dry dock behind us is that same vessel? Jack gets up and goes to the window and looks out and is horrified. He turns to the uh, insurance agent. You need to put that back where you found it, bud. Um... Afraid I can't do that. We're following the procedures laid out by the Lawful Savage Act of 2055. Um, we're simply doing an assessment, and then it will be turned over to the salvage operation that recovered it. Rest assured, you will have the opportunity to tag any items you wish to claim. Now, granted, that Cygnus Navigation, uh, according to our records, is the majority owner, so they have first pick, and any contested items will go to them, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's a ship, all right. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Pilsner. Next, um, we are going to unseal the vessel, and uh, you will accompany us on an inspection I, to verify the... <laughs> I really don't think you want to do that, bud. Um, it was, uh, that ship was kind of a mess when we left. <laughs> uh, more than, more than your regular claims, I'll tell you what. Well, rest assured that we have taken all of the proper safety precautions and, um, we are here to assess those damages. So, um, the sooner we can get on with it, the sooner you could be on your merry way. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, if, if we're gonna go in there, um... I'm gonna need y'all to uh, to give me a second to go grab some stuff out of my ship. I uh, I don't trust that place. I'm sure that can be arranged. Yeah, great. I uh, I'll be back in just a sec. And <laughs> when you next see Jack, uh, he is in full combat armor and he has a combat shotgun. And you guys are standing on the lift up to the starboard airlock of the ship, and there's a team that is preparing to pop the seal. All right, let's crack this can open. There's a hiss of air and a haze comes out. And as you're standing there on this lift, you see the interior of it almost looks like it's covered with organic tendrils or feelers. Almost like the the entire interior of the ship is now covered with an organic substance. And... Jack, you hear a voice. Good, 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 good morning. Hey, Jackie. Long time. 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 Long time.
project derailed.com.